it's time for your daily haiku with Sensei Stereotype. See sure coming. Sun is a blinding. Sean King is a piece of a shit. This has been your daily haiku with Sensei Stereotype. You found yourself at the junction where worlds meet. Politics. Civility? How about honesty in this country, folks? Entertainment. I don't like entertainment. And a whole bunch of other stuff. It's about having a healthy body image. You have a very unhealthy body. You should have a horrible body image. We are definitely going to get letters. You're listening to Talk Radio's Strangest Animal. You're getting louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal, I got to follow. Oh, I'm in the speedy to So glad to be with you this Friday morning, of course. Or could be any time. Could be any time for anyone who carries louder with Crowder at any time, which does it. There's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with with that, I am your host, Stephen Crowder. As always, producing with me in the studio is Gay Jared, who uh, you can follow him at Not Gay Jared because he protests too much and draw your own conclusions. Because I'm not gay. And we are here and glad to talk with, well, not really that glad to talk with you. Let's be honest. This week, <laughs> we're not that happy because it's been a rough week. It has been a rough week for humanity. Um, Hillary Clinton. Of course, judge ruled. Or has, there judge- been, has there been a good week with Hillary Clinton? No. I don't think Hillary Clinton's had a good week in a long time. It's been it's been a while. You know how like when a when an athlete is on a hot streak, you go, man, he can do no wrong. And I said he with Hillary Clinton deliberately. Mm-hmm. You go, oh man, he's on a downturn. You know what? He's just out of the rhythm. You got to find that rhythm. Hillary Clinton hasn't gotten her groove back um, ever. She's never gotten her groove back. No, no, she doesn't spend as much time in the gym as as maybe Michelle. So yeah. she, the rhythm's harder to find, but you don't keep the the title to her film is moving. "How Hillary Got No Groove Back and Died." That's the the problem is there's the spoilers in the title, really. I so I probably wouldn't pay to watch that film. No, that I wouldn't. Just... I wouldn't sit in line for it. So her emails did violate policy. Uh, her campaign is stepping up the defense. The FBI may or may not be able to recover data from Hillary Clinton's server. So that's a big thing. And, of course, a lot. There was another protest in Ferguson. Uh, unfortunately, another man was shot. But he also shot at the cops. So, you know, that's kind of a pick em. I think he put, this one pointed the gun at the cops. Oh, pointed which, the gun, but didn't shoot. Didn't shoot. Okay. Well, I know when but. I point my gun at the cops, I think, thank the Lord above I'm white. That's what I do. <laughs> they just go, what? What is that? Your, they is, love it, too. Is that a 1911? Are you pointing a 1911 at me? Were you? Well, oh, but you, you white boys. You white boys, and you're, you're, you're just an eccentric. Of course, if I were black, you know, I'd be, I'd be lit up. That's what we know. Uh, of course, the Duggar family, there's a big scandal there. We'll get into that. We have great guests. We have Lila Rose, who will be talking about the newest Planned Parenthood video, which has been released. Just heart-wrenching. This is an entertaining show. We try to keep, well, I, I can't claim that. You get to decide whether it's entertaining or not, but we try to not just go through talking points and regurgitate the same guests. The Planned Parenthood video deserves a little bit of reverence, so we had Lila Rhodes on of Live Action Films. She'll be on uh, here a little bit later to talk about that, uh, like the Duggar scandal. But the big thing this week, 
So as we talk about Ferguson, and we'll also have Lawrence Jones on, and of course, Paul Joseph Watson, who's English and uh, head editor of Prison Planet, I believe. So Black Lives Matter is the big movement right now. That's been all over. You know, that's what Ferguson was. That's what Baltimore was. That's what started the hands up, don't shoot. It's the big movement, Black Lives Matter, implying, of course, that black lives did not matter before that. One of the founders of that movement, we've talked about him on this program, Sean King. We talked about it on this program when Rachel Dolezal was going on, the whole sideshow Bob spray tan hair dude, NAACP ne'er-do-well, uh, faking she was black. We talked about, Gitchard, you remember this. I remember this. I was like, I, someone's got to figure something out with Sean King because the, we joked about it. And the problem is we can do it. But everyone else was afraid to call this guy out because if you call someone out and say, I don't think you're black and you're wrong and you're a white guy, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. No one questions that kind of stuff. No, no you, one questions. You kind of say it and you kind of just assume no one will ever, ever, ever ask. No one will ever ask. And that's what happened with Sean King. And we said this, if you go back, so you can go to lottowithcrowder.com, go back through the archives the same week whenever we were talking about Rachel Dolezal. I flippantly threw in a joke about how there's no way that Sean King was black. Well, turns out we were right. <laughs> and not like... Called it. <laughs> called it. Not like kind of right. Entirely correct. Sean King, founder of the Black Lives Matter movement. All over Twitter. I mean, for those of you who don't know, Jesse Jackson, uh, Jackson, Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, these people have nothing on Sean King and DeRay. For the younger generation, they're way more powerful. They're way more influential. Huge social media following. They blog at the Soros-funded websites or Soros-connected websites, and it's nothing but constant race baiting. Okay, so Sean King was an important figure. So if, if you're a little bit older. And I know we sort of cross that generational gap with this audience. Think Al Sharpton. Think if you found out tomorrow that Al Sharpton wasn't black at all, that he just had a really good tan artist. This guy, though, didn't really look black, but he's been going out there talking about police brutality against black people. If you read his tweets and see some of his tweets in front of me right now, <laughs> that white people have no idea how terrifying it is for black families in America to take a cross-country road trip. Turns out he, he was not black at all. What he always claimed was that he had a white mother and a black father. He claimed to be biracial. And turns out, no, his dad is completely white. We have the pictures now. So his dad is completely white. His mom is completely white. And he, his birth certificate says Caucasian. And as a matter of fact, he got a scholarship from Oprah. He received a scholarship from Oprah that's given out to young black men. <laughs> Just, just reading this, just coming out of my mouth. I can't believe this is real. So, and this is important. This is the most important story of the week. <laughs> it is hard to just believe that this is real. He received this, this sort of the medal of honor for young black men. You know, Oprah gives you a scholarship. And a big reason was that he claimed he was a victim of a hate crime. He claimed that a bunch of white guys beat him up, like beat him senseless for being black. Well, now we also have those police reports. And not only did that crime not occur, what did occur was a scuffle over a CD with a girl and her boyfriend. You know, they got into a tussle, no serious injuries, you know, basically a less than a bar fight with one guy. But 
when Sean King, the man who claimed he was a victim of a hate crime as a black man, filed the police report for this exact crime, he checked the Caucasian box. So even in a one time, like birth certificate, that's out of your control, right? You're a little bit young. You're not thinking really clearly. Think about like, you know, you wake up in the morning. You're a little foggy headed like Jared. He hadn't set his life plans. He hadn't set his life plans of victimhood at that point. But when he was a victim of this crime, I, I, so I want to know at this point, it's kind of a flash of genius we need from Donald Trump. At what point did he realize I'm going to be a black guy? I want to fake people out here because he filed Caucasian as a victim of this supposed hate crime. So he was a Caucasian, a victim of a hate crime from another Caucasian. Maybe he's gay. I don't know. Maybe that's the hate crime that he meant to file. I have no idea. But you got to be careful which boxes you check on this. You got to be careful those, which boxes box. you check. Um Really close together. So our friend Milo Yiannopoulos over there at Breitbart was the one who broke and covered this story. We, we have child photos. You can find them at lottowithcrowder.com. We have a birth certificate. We have arrest records. Um, I mean, the only thing missing is, is the psych report in which Sean King claimed he was black. So we want to find that somewhere down the line. Somewhere he sat down on a couch and some therapist enabled him. And the crazy thing is like... So this is important. Here's here's the macro issue. As a matter of fact, this proves, I remember I was talking with Gavin McGinnis about this. The Chris Rock, the famous Chris Rock stand-up bit where he was talking about how, you know, basically white privilege, how black people have it tough with everything. And, and this was his justification. There ain't a white man in this room that would change places with me. None of you. None of you would change places with me. And I'm rich. <laughs> That's how good it is to be white. Well, now we know. We have Rachel Dozel, we have Sean King, we have several black people. These are only the ones who've been caught. And they're pretty slippery. Several black people who were actually white. And they always... That clip was 15 years ago, too. That clip was 15 years ago. 15 years ago. I don't see any white people trading spots with black people to be black. You know why? Because there are no no scholarships. Sorry, I mean, uh, claiming to be black. I just messed... My head was just messed up. I don't see any black people it's a claiming. Brain twister. It's a brain twister. It's like Caitlyn Jenner walking in in a dress and you're going, wait, but you still got the equipment. Brain scramble. Your head is like the dead TV screen in Poltergeist. There's nothing clear about it. <laughs> That's what's happening here. You have a bunch of black people claiming to be white people claim to be black damn it i still can't even get it right i'm keep i want to go the wrong way because that's what we've been taught and i'm thinking about the chris rock clip white people claiming to be black i have not seen black people claiming to be white to get the you know the all white boys school scholarship i mean I, i i don't know maybe some maybe some black people have put on a white polo to join a country club where they feel like it's i i don't know i honestly haven't seen if you know an example tweet me at s crowder and let me know if you've seen something happening from the opposite side of the spectrum. And this is a big thing. People are no longer young children. When I was a kid, you wanted to be a firefighter. You wanted to be a businessman. You wanted to be a policeman. You know, you maybe wanted to be a cowboy. Now you have kids who want to be victims. They grow up and they want to be victims. They seek victimhood status. And that's because victimhood is profitable. Now, I'm not saying that all black people are victims. I'm saying that people like Sean King and Rachel Dolezal, right, they say, okay, I'm going to go out, I'm going to fake being black. Why? Because it's profitable. Also, the stereotype they perpetuate is that of the victim black person. 
Rachel Dolezal and Sean King didn't become Black Larry Elders. They didn't become Black Alfonso Rachels. They became Black, hey, I'm discriminated against. That became their calling card. That was their goal. Their aspiration was to be persecuted. Because that's a good place to be in America. It's a trump card. And we'll talk more about that uh, after this break. And uh, sorry, we're white guys. Hey, this is Steven Crowder with Louder with Crowder to tell you about one of my favorite sites on the web, AR15.com. I know you hear AR15 say, isn't that the scary black rifle? It is, but AR15.com is actually the best website if you want a community from which to learn about how to care for your gun, gun safety, where to find concealed permits, courses, as well as the best online gun store in the business. I'm talking ammo, accessories, upgrades, all of it can be found at AR15.com. That's AR15.com. Talking as unfortunately a white gentleman, I you know I thought that this was just this was the hand I was dealt. Apparently, it's not. Apparently, you can change it. You can you can get the race lift. You can change your race, as we saw with a Sean King. Really matters because someone like Sean King, you know, is so emblematic right now with the Black Lives Matter movement, which is so incredibly uh, violent, destructive, obnoxious and poorly represented, and poorly representative of the black American community, let's be honest. And so much of that was spurred on by Sean King. Think about this for a second. This is why it's so important. And I know some people here are going to go, well, why are you talking about this so much? Why don't you talk? We're going to get to Planned Parenthood with Lila Rose, who knows everything there is to know about that. We're going to talk about Hillary's email servers. The reason the Sean King thing is so important is this is, this is a white guy who decided, okay, I'm going to make a career off of being black, and then aggravated black people and convinced black people that all white people were, were demonizing them and didn't like them, and then convinced them that all cops were out there looking to get black people, and that black people were being victimized. And he was going, I'm just just like me. There's so many other black people who, you know, I'm just a voice for black people. But there are so many more like me who felt the, the wrath of white privilege and white racism. That was his. That was his shtick. I don't know the word. That was his shtick. And you know what? For a while there, for him, it worked pretty good. It worked pretty good. It was a good shtick for him. He had it going. And everyone bought it. And all it really took for people to buy it was just a... a and this guy didn't even get a tan. Just a really horrible teenager mustache like the Taco Bell dog. Um, what are you doing? You were trying to look for the soundboard and you missed it, didn't you? Yeah, Jake and Kate Jared is messing things up in the studio. You need to, you know what you need? You need a routine. I was telling you about this. You come in here and you're half asleep and your, your, your head is, you need a routine to get up and shower, put some water on your face, whatever you have to do so that you're awake by the time you come in for the program. Like, like a ritual? Yes, a man needs a routine in the morning. That sounds, that sounds like I'll call you in the middle of the week, and you're like, "Well, I really, you kind of were hit, so I'm not waking up till 10. I don't think, I don't think I'm supposed to do that. I think I'm supposed to go with the flow every day. No, you're not supposed to go with the flow. 
follow him at not gay Jared and get let's get him a routine because he's coming in here and aggravating me on, on Friday morning when he's sitting there with his his head full of sleep and I make his I make his caffeinated beverage and you come in and you still don't wake it's, up. It's still too hot. I can't drink it. It's still too hot. You can't drink it. There's always an excuse with him. You're like Sean King. There's <laughs> always an excuse. It's somebody else's fault. That, that's what's so important about Sean King. He used it as a platform to say there are other black people like me. He wasn't black. So you have to get to the root symptom of it. Go, why did this guy want to become black? A white guy. Again, lottoeclatter.com. Go. We have it as a featured post. You can see his childhood photos. You can see the photo of his mother, of his father. There is no doubt. What's funny is he doesn't even deny it. When he's been asked about this on Twitter, he just goes, I'm not going to reveal my personal history. It's it's painful for me. Well, did you see he wrote like a whole manifesto last night on on his, on well, on Daily Cost where he writes for? Right. What? Right. You're right. Well, he wrote basically that he had been told his whole life that the guy on his birth certificate, the white dude who looks just like him, was not actually his father because his mom was a little bit of a whore. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it takes a special kind of man to go out on a national platform and call his mom a whore. Well, yeah, that's what they said. That that was not that was the least blackest black thing he's ever done. <laughs> Because no black man throws his, uh, mom his under mom the under bus. bus. No, that. that's what they say. One of my favorite songs but, is Tupac's "Dear Mama." Yeah, yeah. So they say he said his whole life he's been told his dad was a black guy. He's, you know, and of course the question is he never asked the that, name, but he was pretty. That's his only way out. That's his only. That's what I said when we were we were talking about this. His only way out is to say that's not my dad. I found actually a lot of people get out of speeding tickets when I went down to a court in Los Angeles. And what they did is they would show up and they knew they were, you know, they got them dead, dead to rights. They were just caught. They would go in. And you know what their defense was? Hmm. That's not my signature. If that's all it takes. They walked. I was going, are you kidding me? The cops were like, oh, well, what can we do? I'm like, you're kidding me. <laughs> really? There was a guy, a guy literally just used that. And that's not my signature. All right, I'm going to leave now and I'm, not pay this ticket. I'm signing all tickets from now on with my left hand. <laughs> that was what happened. So. They said that's not my signature. So that's his only out now. This Sean King character, his only out is that's not my dad. My mom was a hussy who slept with a black guy. But even then, it wouldn't explain. This would have to be the whitest black guy. See, that's the thing. These, that's, it, well, that's what he said. He says a very pale-skinned black, black guy. guy. It's, here's the thing. It's the opposite of everything that's been proven. And it can't be proven and take my word for it. His family members all said he was white. They came out and said this. It's the Rachel Dolezal thing. But this is really important for people to understand. The same thing, this, the same reason you have a mass influx of trannies now, of men wanting to become women. You know, because what happened is when you were a kid, right, and you were a boy for a while, and maybe you, I don't know, were more artistic, or you didn't want to play sports, or you were a little bit meeker, and you were maybe made fun of from the other boys. What happened was your mom said, hey, it's okay, this will pass, and your dad, you know, taught you how to be a man. Now you have mothers going, up, 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 we got a Lorena Bob in his penis, let's get it, let's get rid of it, it's a birth defect. And you have so many kids who see Caitlyn Jenner, who nobody liked, by the way, maybe charged with vehicular manslaughter, nobody liked because it was the Kardashians, a reality star who was just obnoxious and a complete and total fame whore. And then all of a sudden, he puts on a dress and some fake boobs and gets awards for bravery. So you're a kid, and you see that, and you go, oh, that's all it takes. Not accomplishments, not character, not doing something of any significance or benefit to society. I just need to become a little bit of a freak show. I just need to become a victim. 
Now, Sean King wasn't trying to become a freak show. He was trying to be black. But in us finding out that it was a white guy acting like a black guy, he's become a freak show. And he has served. This is the problem with Rachel Dolezal, with people like Sean King, the Black Lives Matter movement. It has served to create and perpetuate incredibly negative stereotypes in the black community. And so you know what happens? The black community, because of all their leaders right now, they feel victimized. They feel attacked by the cops. And so you have a kid like right now in St. Louis who aims a gun at the cops, gets shot, and then there's another riot. And the kid is doing that because he feels like, hey, I'm in the moral I'm inherently in the moral superiority because cops are all evil toward black people. I'm going to aim my gut at them. It creates, it's a hair triggered crap machine gun. And we're looking down the barrel. We'll be back after the break with Lila Rose to talk about the Planned Parenthood videos. Don't miss it or you'll be hurt. Welcome to Cool News, news with a super cool approach. I am your host, Phil Cool. This week, Sean King, founder of the Black Lives Matter movement, was found to be Caucasian. Hey, P-Ray, man, I done told you I ain't want no fake copy. Sean King gonna get mad, gonna get his lawyers called. Call. Give me some real copy, man. No, you what? Sean King. Ain't nobody going to believe you that Sean King is white. He's a white boy. Now, listen, man. I want some different copy. I want you to give me. You going to give me some different copy, P-Ray? No. Hey, P-Ray! You're listening to L L Louder with Crowder. Louder with Crowder. Louder with Crowder. So glad to have this next guest on. She's been on the program before, but it was before we had the whole Louder with Crowder video cast stuff going on. It was just terrestrial. Uh, so you can see some of her fantastic work. They have an incredible amount of signatures in this petition to defund Planned Parenthood at PlannedParenthoodExposed.com. Lila Rose, thank you for being on. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Good oh. to see you. Good to see you. For those listening terrestrially, she's wearing a lovely red dress. Do you just hang around the house like <laughs> this all the time, or do you? Did you? Of course, always. I wake up. I wake up wearing a red dress. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. I've never seen you not look that <laughs> way. It always day. functions. <laughs> I just picture you being born, like coming out with full attire, makeup, walking, <laughs> walking around. Not quite. Okay. It's not like that in the morning. Morning. I, I, I am joking. <laughs> yeah, well, I can imagine. It takes uh, it takes a lot of work to make this look marginal. So, Lila, obviously, <laughs> big in the news right now. I mean, it's been going on. We had Abby Johnson on. Firstly, now, you do live action films. Do you have any direct involvement with Center for Medical Progress that's doing these current stings? So this was totally David, um, who's a good friend of mine, actually, hit the execution. It was totally his. I have known David for years, and he's worked with me before for years at live action, so I'm pretty familiar with David. Okay, good. Well, because these things are coming out right now, and it's obviously, I mean, you've done this for a long time with live action. And it, why do you think it is now that these are getting 
so much traction? Because I remember so many things that you've done too were incredibly horrifying. Do you think it's just that the country is tipping one direction and it, it's it's sort of resonating because these things are catching on like wildfire? Or do you think it's just that it's so horrifying it has to be acknowledged? I think it's probably three things. These videos directly speak to the humanity of a child. We hear about the heart, the lungs, the liver. We hear about hearts still beating when the child is born intact. We, we know that this is a child. It's unmistakable, undeniable. When you hear about Planned Parenthood abortionists talking about how they're going to sell the parts of the babies that they've just killed. So that really cuts to the core. I think two other things, though, is second of all, people across the country, there's been a barrage of this now for over a dozen years and drip, drip, drip. More and more people over time are hearing so this is kind of like a straw that could break the camel's back. It could be the final nail in the coffin. It depends on how much we're willing to stand up for justice and for the rights of these children. And then finally, I think that new media has a huge role to play here. New media, which is now becoming the media and the power of social media to get messages out that the mainstream media otherwise would censor. Right. Here's one thing that I think is pretty telling. I'll be honest. I don't know that this will change a whole lot as far as the media. I wish it would, but here's why. Because I think at one point the media tried to sort of put out this air of being unbiased, of, well, we're delivering the news. I think now they're so far in, they're going, you know what, yeah, we're carrying the heavy water for Planned Parenthood. We're in the tank for them. And they don't really care that much. I don't think Katie Couric is going to come out or someone like, a, you know, Brian Williams way back in the day. I don't think they would come out, acknowledge these videos and say, all right, we were wrong. This is a horrible organization. It needs to be defunded. I think we're past the point where they'll defend it. But I think the real value here is the court of public opinion. Because you're not going to reach the elites who already are so deeply entrenched, but I think a lot of Americans who genuinely bought into the myth that Planned Parenthood provide women's health and mammograms are having their eyes open. Do you think that's an accurate read or am I off base? No, I think you're totally right. You're right on, Stephen, because Katie Couric and the you know the big three mainstream media, CBS, ABC, NBC, they're dying breeds. And they gave, I think it was, there was a study done and they gave over 99% more coverage to Cecil the Lion than they gave to the fact that in America, in our own neighborhoods, we're butchering babies and selling their parts and allowing abortion facilities at Planned Parenthood to do this. So I think that they are a dying breed, and I think that they're not, not going to admit they're wrong, and they're going to go down with that sinking ship. And I feel sorry for a lot of folks in mainstream media who are just letting this story pass them by, and they refuse to have the basic intellectual honesty and, I think, journalistic integrity to actually report on things that impact people across the country every day. Yeah, you know, I guess I don't really have a problem with that anymore as long as they're honest about it. I've always assumed that everybody has a bias. That's always been me. Uh, be left, be right. Just don't lie to me about it. You know, um, I don't have a problem with someone like a Bill Maher. I don't I don't particularly like him. I don't hate him. Um, but he's honest about it. I don't really have a problem with a Rachel Maddow, even though I think she's wrong on virtually every issue, because you know where she's coming from. I have a problem with the soft bias. You know, the big bias here, you just hit the nail on the head when you mentioned it, and a lot of people watching this won't even really recognize what was being said there. It's not someone coming out necessarily defending Planned Parenthood. It's that so many in nightly news won't even address this. It's all over social media, but they won't even address it on nightly news. Is that disparity, you think, growing even more in like a post-Breitbart world where, I mean, for example, Sean King right now is all over, fake black guy, which is hilarious. I mean, this story, this story isn't funny, but nowhere on the news on television. You think that's growing, that gap is going to be even wider? Yeah, the gap is growing, and I have a problem with that. I have a problem with the fact that people, even like Jimmy Kimmel, can get 
on on his show and with you know millions of people watching and cry over the death of a lion a continent away that a lot of folks in the country didn't even have the same emotional reaction for well this was tragic meanwhile he, there's not a single tear shed for the millions of babies slaughtered in America and there's their parts sold not only not a tear shed but just like you're saying Stephen they're not even talking about it I right. mean they're sticking their heads in the sand so it's not even that they're defending Planned Parenthood although when they do even mentioned Planned Parenthood, they try to do it in a positive way. I mean, the Washington Post actually changed its headlines away from Planned Parenthood selling body parts to Planned Parenthood supporting fetal tissue research. So, so there's all of that bias happening. But right. I think the worst thing that's happened is that they don't talk about it. And they don't talk about it because basically the only thing to say is what's being exposed, which is that they're selling the parts of babies and they're killing and butchering them in their facilities. And to even begin to address it, they would have to say some of the truth and they don't want to tell the truth about this. Right. Yeah, I think it's pretty rough. And, and what I find so fascinating in these videos right now is the people involved use the word babies and heads. You know, they go, well, and they use some technical terminology, and they go, well, heads, baby head. Or they go, you know, middle day, well, uh, baby legs. You know, when they're talking about it amongst themselves and they don't realize the cameras are rolling, this is the terminology they use. And it goes to show the power of language, right, that it's, there's a proactive war uh, that uses language, that weaponizes language. And the biggest takeaway for me, obviously, is horrendous. I, mean, I have to look away at some of these videos. Honestly, I'm watching it. It's like a, like a horror film. Like when I was a kid and I was watching Leprechaun. I can't watch the whole thing. But that amongst their inner circle, they use the language that they claim is inaccurate. That, to me, is, is, is pivotal. I mean, did you ever have that when you did a lot of the, the undercover work as well? It seems like that's sort of a development now where they're going, eh, it's a baby. Well, I think that the abortionists, you're right, they use the terminology. They call it a baby. We've had undercover investigators at abortion clinics across the country, and the abortionists say it's a baby, and they even talk about killing the baby. I mean, they're willing to speak speak bluntly and can't callously about chopping the baby up and tearing the baby apart and selling the baby's body parts, but the media won't even use those same terminology. All of a sudden, it becomes a fetus or tissue or the products of a pregnancy, and it's just, I mean, it's its classic textbook or Orwellian speak. When you want to dehumanize a group of people, you don't call them people. When you want to shut off the dignity of people that you don't want to respect, you try to marginalize them and dehumanize them in the way right. you even talk about them. I mean, in Nazi Germany, they called exterminating the Jews the Jewish question or the Jewish solution to a, the Jewish problem. They didn't even want to talk about, of course, people and ovens and, and the slaughter of those in the concentration camps. They're not going to in any way use any of that language. They're going to talk about the final solution. That was the language that was used. And right now we have a final solution that's being enacted in America. And the purveyors of it, the folks pushing it, Planned Parenthood, have their own set of euphemisms that they use. Right. And that's why it's so important to break those down and get the truth in front of people. I think if anything, you didn't realize that you just touched on why Germans are so bad at comedy. Even the language they tried to use to softball it, they're like, we need to find a way to sell this that's less harsh. Final absolution! This this question maybe if we add question mark they're just like they didn't even sell it well even at that point everyone knew oh this is gonna be bad and then they get to lecture us now even on things like abortion they get to talk to us about how progressive they are right because the United States even though we have so many abortions there still is a public opinion that um, that it is morally wrong and I think there's a separation between the two there I, I want to get into one point though here so to play devil's advocate leftists will say and I've seen them say it's perfectly legal 
um, selling tissue like this. So once you remove the emotional part of the equation and you think that it's a baby, this is legal. Is that true? Uh, what are the cases no. on that? Okay, why? I'm, I'm no, a, I'm a totally dummy, not. so tell me why it's not. <laughs> there is actually five different federal laws and regulatory regulations that are being violated. And the top three, because it could take forever to explain all of them, but the top three is that Planned Parenthood is selling and profiting from baby parts. And it's proved by the conversations you hear from top abortionists in these videos. It's proved by the fact that the companies that they do business with, like STEM Express in California, actually markets in public advertisements that are now open to the public on the Center for Medical Progress's website, that there's financial benefits and improvements for the clinic. So they talk about doing better than breaking even. It's clear that profit is happening. Number two, they talk and admit to to manipulating the abortion procedure at Planned Parenthood when they're delivering these babies and, and trying to sell their parts so that they deliver the baby intact. So they have a better, better uh, you know, opportunity to harvest the heart and the lungs and the liver and that's against federal statute to manipulate the abortion procedure and the third major one is partial birth abortion in fact their top abortionist their director of medical services dr deborah nicotola in the first video explains how she delivers the baby breech that means she delivers the baby the feet first the butt the the the, the torso in order to ultimately have basically a live specimen once the baby's born so that it's fully intact and it's easier to harvest the, the parts. That's partial birth abortion, which is at, which has been federally banned. So those are just three examples of federal statutes being broken. Except that our president was a big fan of that when he was in Illinois. So, um, you know, listen. And President Clinton. This is true. They can always call in for a favor upstairs. So there we go. Okay, it's indefensible legally. It's obviously indefensible morally. Um you know, we're going to have you on for another segment, but I'm seeing now we have to make room for Milo Yiannopoulos to come in. So you're you do a lot of great work. How many petitions signatures do you have here at, at uh, I want to get the site right. Planned Parenthood Exposed. Is it dot com or dot org? We have PlannedParenthoodExposed.com, and there's over 200,000 signees. Please add your name. We're trying to work with other groups behind the scenes to ultimately add a lot of these names together to get a million signatures. So your name does count. PlannedParenthoodExposed.com, add your name. And we want to work to fight to defund Planned Parenthood at the federal level and at the state level. And we need you to be involved in that. So sign, sign the petition there and join the fight. Let me ask you this. If it doesn't get defunded, right, let's say it doesn't happen, um, someone signs a petition. Is there anything else anyone can do? I do know that a lot of people, including, you know, uh, uh, producer Jared here, you feel somewhat helpless because it's this gargantuan sort of organization. Is there anything else anyone can do if they want to go out, you know, and, and uh, well, save babies, to put it bluntly? Three things. Educate yourself. Make sure you know the facts about what's happening. Watch the videos. Learn more about abortion in America. Number two, be bold. Share it with friends. Don't be afraid to talk about this. Be fearless. This is an incredible human rights crisis. We all need to get involved. And then number three, get involved in pro-life work in your community, praying outside abortion clinics, with your church, with your school. Get involved with the pro-life right to life group politically. Get involved and fight for the rights for the, of these children and a better America for families. Yes. Or if that doesn't float your boat, just cry for a lion. Go out there and protest what contributes to, I don't know, 50% of, uh, of their GDP uh, because everyone needs a cause. And you can choose human life or soulless man-eating killers. Lions killed 249 people last year. In uh, We can cry for both of them. We can cry for we both don't of them. Cry, if we don't cry for children while we cry for lions, something is seriously wrong I got you. We're going to have to let you go, Lila. I, I will cry for the gazelles, though. Not so much the lions. Lila Rose, PlannedParenthoodExposed.com. Stay tuned for more. Milo Yiannopoulos coming right up.
Hey, listener, what are you doing? You're listening to the show, but you're missing so much content at louderwithcrowder.com. Don't worry. I'm not trying to sell you anything, not any gold or self-lubricating pocket catheters, just news videos and exclusive stuff that you don't hear on terrestrial radio. Again, it's, it's all free. We're not asking you to spend any money. Just visit there, get your news, and get a couple of laughs. If you want to send me money, that's fine. What? I don't even know. How did you get in this room? Cold hard in. cash. This ad took a bad turn. Hey! Louderwithcrowder.com. Don't listen to Fun Dip. It doesn't cost a thing. Louderwithcrowder.com. We're going all the way this time. Going all the way to time. Glad to be back. That Lila Rose. She's so lovely. Isn't that, isn't that right, Cal? You'd probably like like him more like her more if her name was Lyle. Lyle? Lyle. Like L Y L E. I mean a man. No. That's what I meant. It's, I meant a man. because it's because I'm not gay. It's but just com- if I it's was, wholly inaccurate. It's wholly that inaccurate. Probably would be a true statement. Uh, for those of you listening right now live and not grabbing the podcast or, of course, uh, our wonderful station up there, Cone in Alaska, um, Kim Jong-un is declaring a quasi-state of war right now. For those of you who don't know, Kim Jong-un is the little Jim Henson character who runs that kind of country, North Korea. The guy or is as, great. The guy is great. Or as P. Diddy calls it, South Korea. So good. <laughs> like, I feel like everyone's made that mistake once North South Korea, but only once. And only then you once. were corrected. But people who repeatedly make that mistake, North Korea, South Korea. So Kim Jong-un has said that he will attack South Korea at 930. Uh, we have an article up there. Fast facts. Communist North Korea versus capitalist South Korea on lotterwithcrowder.com. You will not find a better direct comparison. It's We've talked about this. It's hard to compare violent crime rates across countries. It's hard to compare, for example, infant mortality rates because different countries have different standards. It's also hard to compare crime rates because, you know, let's say a place like Sweden, which is incredibly homogenous, you know, does not have the same kind of ethnic or color palette uh, that we have here in the United States. It just doesn't have the same kind of diversity. And that's a certainly a great thing, the melting pot that is the United States. But when you have so many different cultures, you're going to have some culture clash. That's you take the good with the bad. Uh, they don't have that problem in the Koreas. If you, if you, you know, they all look pretty much the same. Yeah. I mean, it's very hard to tell them apart. Were you saying all Koreans look alike? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm actually looking at a picture right now of these Korean women marching for the North Korean army. And I cannot discern the difference you could send me any one of these pictures of any one of these women and i'd be like yeah that was the that was the previous picture it's like an asian rorschach test only i'd fail every card (laughs) every flash card so north korea south korea right direct comparison kind of the same starting off cultures same race of people um one went completely communist one is capitalist. And if you actually look, we have these pictures up at the website, ladderwithcrowder.com, you'll see just the satellite view of North Korea, South Korea is staggering just to start. It's a little contrast. A little bit of contrast. One has all the lights. You know, this is the place that creates the Samsung Galaxy, for crying out loud. And then one is completely dark. It's like, that, it's like when you're doing the Christmas tree, you know, and there's that one strand that just makes the part of the tree look like a black hole. Right. It's kind of like that. It's yes. kind of like just a lot of a lot of nothing. 
A lot of nothing. It's like the never-ending story of the nothing. Then you have, of course, the women. They're all forced to wear these horrendous shoes from what my wife tells me in North Korea. Now, here's something. We have an infographic up there. GDP. So a tale of two Koreas. The GDP for uh, per capita for North Korea is about 1,800. You know what the GDP per capita is for South Korea? No idea. 35,000. The life expectancy, again, communist North Korea, about 69, which actually isn't that bad. You know what it is for South Korea? You have to tell me. 81. 81. Which is actually high, longer than the United States. Uh, one thing, though, the literacy rate is higher in North Korea. It's 100%. I think they're funging those numbers a little bit. <laughs> it's 97 in South Korea. Uh, Olympic medals won. Six, North Korea. South Korea, 28. One thing that's crazy is the average height. Average height? Is way lower for men in North Korea than men in South Korea. I didn't know you could get littler. <laughs> is it just a I, bunch I, it of... Could, it could have to do with a little bit of malnutrition. It, it, is, it is malnutrition. But I don't want to say that because that's kind of judgmental. It is judgmental. But Let's just it, attribute it to their Asian-ness. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> way less judgmental. <laughs> Instead of their <laughs> malnutrition. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know how you get small. I mean, so a South Korean what has got to be maybe the average height for a man is five seven. What's North? They have to have a bunch of little Vern Troyers, Peter Dinklage, running around North Korea. Is that all it is? Are they counting the visit when the secondary cast of Game of Thrones goes into North Korea? I missed that episode. Okay, now the big difference though, North Korea does have a lot more military personnel. Seven point six million to South Korea's five point one million. Their military, although the military spending is only $10 billion compared to South Korea's $31.6 billion. So, again, this is just very, very important to note that you're never going to have a more perfect comparison. North Korea, South Korea. We've done it at the website. Everything you need to know is right there. So when people say, well, communism is actually beautiful in theory. Uh, North Korea is like, uh, well, it's, it's, it's that whole portion of the world. I don't want to say Asia because I don't want to throw all of them under the bus. It's their Detroit. You can't blame it on capitalism. One giant Detroit. It's bad. I saw a, um, I watched a really long, really good documentary on Netflix that anyone can have access to about North Korea. And I had no idea just how bad it is in terms, especially in terms of like what kind of information the government controls, what kind of things they, you know, the kind of propaganda that is like spewing on loudspeakers, these guys every single day. And Kim Jong-un just injects himself into everything. He is fantastic. You live in the best country in the world. Never forget. <laughs> hey, I, I did 19 holes in one in my first game of golf. I didn't want extra. Like, did you remember the Kim Jong-il? They made up that stuff. Like, he got 11 holes in one in his first. They tried to make him out to be a deity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. I, I, I could not probably be the bigger, biggest Jim Kong. Jim, Jim Kim Jong. Jim Kong-un. It was Kim Jong-il. Now Il. it's Kim Jong-un. Fan. He's fantastic. I, I don't know guy. if it's a genetic crazy or if it's, you know, that's that nature or nurture thing. Because Kim Jong-un is just as crazy. You know, you were thinking like he's, he won't be as bad as his dad. He's the playground bully he gave nuclear weapons to. Yeah, exactly. That's what happens. He's the playground bully. Exactly. He's the playground bully who gets nuclear weapons. And he's a midget. Let's be honest. It's a hate word. I'm going to use a hate word here for Kim Jong-un. He's caught in the war. Whoa, with South Korea! You wanna take over all your Samsung notes? Only your Galaxy 2s, not your Galaxy 5s. We, we, we don't 
We don't have the technology to use your five. We don't have LTE. You still, you still have, you still have Ran Ryan? Can we do cell phone on Ran Ryan? Yeah. Steven Crowder being racist towards North Koreans. When we come back, Lauder with Crowder. Second hour, I am your host, Stephen Crowder. Lotterwithcrowder.com for the podcasts and all the good stuff that you can't hear here on air. As always, producing in studio is uh, my producer, Gay Jared, who still, still claims that you can follow him at Not Gay Jared and draw your own conclusions. So we're waiting to hear what happens with North Korea. We've been doing our best Kim Jong-un impressions, which people have been tweeting at S. Crowder saying they think it's racist. Here's the thing. It's not really racist. It's just funny. Um, the guy is hilarious. He looks like a Muppet. He's tiny. He is crazy. And he sounds funny. And his haircut, as a matter of fact, oh, you know what? Jimmy Carter, he had skin cancer and it's, it's gone to his brain. And it's, what's funny about that is not his cancer, but my dad had the exact same thing, melanoma, and he had it on his temple. So that was their concern that it was go, it would go to his brain and they had to, you know, cut it out. They go in and cut it out so they have to shave that side of his head. And so the first thing we did after his surgery was we sent a picture of him side by side with Kim Jong-un because of the shave on the side, that kind of Crispin Glover hipster uh, and glory. It's kind of in. It's kind of, it's in, kind of in right now. It's the hipster haircut. Maybe Kim Jong-un was ahead of his time. So that's really what happened with him. And it looks like Jimmy Carter has the same thing and it's it's gone to his brain. He has the cancer, not the haircut, which the haircut, frankly, is arguably worse. <laughs> Depends on who you ask. If you ask Kim Jong-un, he's just, you know, but he's, impo- he can't get cancer. His cells are impervious to cancer. No, you know? He no. got 11 holes in one. <laughs> if you're going to lie about being a deity, this was his dad, Kim Jong-il. Why the 11 holes in one for golf? It seems that you could find something stronger, you know, like, I got 11 holes in one. Like, like I went up, I slapped Zeus in the face. I say, ha, I have no respect for your Hercules. If you can make these people believe anything, you know, it's like, I... I fought rocket fire, you know, something. I got 11 holes in one. That's not even good. It's, not, it's completely not he believable. Was, he was great, too. Is he, he went to school, like, in Europe somewhere. I can't remember where, if it was, like, Germany or something. But he went to, he went to school oh, in Oh, he Europe. went to legit schools. And so, you know, it wasn't like this kid who was just raised in this, you know, this, this environment where he had no idea what was going on on the outside. He has perfect awareness of everything on the outside world of North Korea. So it's funny because he's only... He's in on his joke, yeah. Which it would be almost sadder if he wasn't, if he was just thought that was all normal. But he he knows it's pretty messed up. I, I don't think he, he does it. I don't think he I knows think he that. It. Just like you know, I don't think Sean. I think Sean King knows he's not black, and I think 
right now we're getting tweeted, you know, Mark Lamont Hill, you're welcome to come on the show, brother. Mark Lamont Hill is telling me, why is it so hard to believe that Sean King identified? I don't care how he identifies. He's white. He's claiming now that his mom was a, was a, was a whore and that, uh, she slept with a black guy who really, she here's Sean King. For those we've been talking about it today, head of the black lives matter movement. We always thought he was white. Birth certificate came out, said he was white. Mom is white. Dad is white. He checked the Caucasian box his entire life. Looks white. Childhood. So now he's saying, well, actually, my mom was a bit of a floozy and she slept with a black man, but she slept with a black man who wasn't my dad, who still made all of my childhood photos look white and forced me to check the Caucasian box whenever convenient for me. I'm not buying it. And maybe it is true. But even if his mom cheated on his dad, I don't believe she cheated on his dad with a black person. And here's something even more. Okay, the most important thing here. He's gone out and claimed to be a victim all the time, right? Claimed to be the victim of racial discrimination. No one looks at him and thinks black guy. If he gets rid of his stupid little stash that he's put in there, by the way, to try and make it look like he has more full lips, like a black person. Oh, it's right. No, physiologically, black people didn't have fuller. Physiologically, black people also tend to be taller. Black people also tend to be more athletic. Black people tend to be. There's a reason every single world record right now in sprinting is a black person. Okay, that's racist. No, listen, these are complimentary racial uh, generalizations. Good for you. We happen to have some as well as white people. It's okay to acknowledge them. Sean King deliberately did that little mustache. If you look at his pictures, too, most of them are black and white, and most of them he's flaring his nostrils a little bit. Most of them are black and white, and he's flaring his nostrils in the picture, and he puts on this stupid little mustache to make his lips look bigger. He cuts his hair down really, 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 really short. Right. So that you can't tell that it's it's not curly, it's straight, but puts the oil on it like a lot of black people do to tame because they have more curly hair. So it's the same thing with Rachel Dolezal, where she became black, but kind of dyed her hair brown. She did the reverse, like I'm going to try and look like a black woman trying to look like a white woman. That's what Sean King did. I'm going to I'm going to look like a black guy who's kind of trying to look like a white guy. He didn't look like a retard. (laughs) He didn't look like a black guy with, you know, the Burger King Kids Club, the high top. Or, or a fro, or or he, deliber- he he kept it this look because he knew it was the only way he could sell it. So let's just stop BSing with this. Well, maybe, no, listen, if he got rid of that stash, okay, and stopped trying to dress more black, if you look at the way he did, more what, what they see as black culture, if he stopped doing that, no one, no one would look at him and think black. The most racist KKK club in the world would see him, and they'd go, oh, you're here for the meeting, and they'd toss him a hood. And we're supposed to act like, well, no, you know, he's been the victim of discrimination his whole life. It's just unreal. It's unreal. You know what? That's that's the whole thing. Everyone wants to be a victim. I don't know if you people have heard about this. The free bleeding marathon runner was a woman who ran a marathon. Sorry, without a tampon. Okay, so her bodily functions went every which way. And everyone praised her as this brave feminist to show you it's not something to be ashamed of. Right. So she was on every single show. She was on every single blog. She was the one who got all of the attention. And you know who was a little bit ticked off with this? The woman who actually run the race, uh, won the race. She ran 20, the woman who won the race did 26.2 miles, okay? In two hours and 32 minutes. Tampon, non-tampon girl, finished it in four hours and 49. That's twice the time. The winner finished it in half the time, and the winner doesn't get the accolades. 
So we're at a point in this country where success is so vilified. You're rich, we're going to take it. You're white, you should inherently be guilty. Even though there's nothing successful about being white, just period. You're vilified for anything. You're vilified for not being a victim. You're vilified for success, that is something you're responsible for. And you're vilified for this sort of soft racism success over which you have no control. So if I work really hard and I make a lot of money, I'm vilified. Well, you knew you were making that money. You had, that was in your control, so we're going to take it from you. I happen to be born white. Well, you're vilified because now you've been given success that you didn't even know about. So you have a winner to a race who gets no attention and tampon, non-tampon girl, gets all the press simply for going out and being an embarrassment. Are you saying you hate women? No, I don't want to see your menstruation on national television. You're sexist? No. I love my wife. If she did that, if she said, I'm going to jog around the house, I'm going to jog around the house and I'm just going to let everything go wherever it will. I'd, I'd say, you know what? We're going to get you some, we're going to sit you on the couch and get you some counseling. Also, I'm not attracted to you. Patriarchy. It's a bodily excretion. I don't know what this fascination is. And I, I don't know what the FCC, you're not supposed to be scatological. I don't know what the fascination is with feminists and their menstrual cycle. It's this, it's what makes us women. It's that, you know, it's, it's, it almost gets into this weird form of paganism where you're worshiping the ovaries. Like, listen, good. You became a woman. Good. Okay. You have a cycle. Why does it need to be a topic of discussion? And why are you proud of it? And why are you proud of your ineptitude to not use any kind of a tampon or a maxi pad? Why are you getting praised for that? You can tweet me. Is there something I'm missing? You can tweet me at S. Crowder. Is there really something to be proud of? So we have Tampon Girl gets all the accolades over the actual winner of the race. We have Sean King gets the scholarships and the hundreds of thousands of dollars in Kickstarters over actual black people who maybe deserved a scholarship and maybe even didn't want a scholarship just because they were black, but because they got good grades. So if you're a kid right now being raised in the United States of America, are you going to say, hey, I'm going to work really hard and win the race or I'm just going to take out my tampon or go nuts? Are you going to say, I'm going to get the best grades humanly possible? I'm going to do the best job humanly possible? Or are you going to say, I'm just going to fake being a black guy? I'm going to fake like Elizabeth Warren. I'm going to fake being 116th Cherokee. It's the easier route to success, and there's more success. Serenity now! Serenity now! Thank you. The easiest route to success is victimhood right now in America. That's your easiest route. And you have an entire generation who have seen, and it's not, listen, you hear people complain about this all the time on the radio with the correcting with a red pen, participation trophies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are far beyond that. And this is a real problem. Think about this for a second, okay? You have an entire generation of kids right now. Let me, let me personalize it to you. A young boy. Young boy who maybe feels like an outsider, a little bit weird. That was me. I didn't really fit in. Oh, Caitlyn Jenner put on some boobs. Everyone loves Caitlyn Jenner's making millions. Oh my gosh. Sees a marathon. Oh, the winner. Oh, girl took out a freak show. Tampon girl. Oh my gosh. She won. Grades. I could get the best grades or, oh no, wait, I could just lie about being black. Sean King. Oh my gosh. So that's someone is an entire generation of Americans. And then they're going to go into the workforce. They're going to be building your planes. 
for crying out loud. They're going to be building your roads. They're going to be your new inventors, your innovators. That kid who saw the freak shows, who saw the losers, who saw the victims get all the accolades and all the successful people vilified and, and demonized. That kid, that kid is an entire generation and he's going to be building your planes. Holy crap. Lotto with Crowder, we'll be back. Hey, Fund It, what's wrong? I'm trying to figure out what kind of gift to send to my friend's hot niece. Well, firstly, that's creepy. Does she like wine? Well, yeah, everybody likes wine. Oh, so what's the problem? I just don't know what kind of wine she likes. Oh, well, the good thing is you're in luck, because you can go to SimplifiedWine.com or call 844-297-WINE. You just place a call or you send an email, and a qualified sommelier will find out what you like, your price range, and curate a perfect wine list for you or your friend's hot niece. SimplifiedWine.com or 844-297-WINE. Doesn't get much better than that. Unless you can fake being black and get a scholarship. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good way to go. It's a, it's a pretty good deal. Pretty, 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 pretty good. It is a pretty good deal. So we were talking about Sean King. We're going to have Lawrence Jones on after the break. Token black guy, just so that we can get away with all the things that we say. And uh, that'll be a lot of fun. So we'll have him on after the break. But something else that we need to be talking about is, well, actually just in news, I don't know if you saw Ann Coulter. Did you see this, Jared, called Bill O'Reilly? Uh, I saw something about that on HuffPo or something. Yeah, said, good God, he's dumb. I saw that. This thing, conservatives are going to make a big deal out of it. Um, Bill O'Reilly is an unintelligent person. Bill O'Reilly is an unintelligent person. Well, if you've seen him, mostly what he does is read points that were written. He reads points and he tries to act like a populist and he just he just interrupts and he's just aggravating and obnoxious and for some reason he's extremely tall. And because he's on Fox News, everyone has given him a pass. He's not even remotely conservative. If you read his books, he's honestly fiscally very liberal and then socially like conservative even though he had that horrendous phone sex scandal that my gosh, they made that one go away. So, I mean, listen, not that everyone's perfect. For example, Josh Duggar, I'm sure people have heard about this, of the Duggar family. This is in the news right now, was part of the Ashley Madison hack. For those of you who don't know, Ashley Madison is a site where married, I don't know if it's married women or married men, just married men, I don't know, where married people go to have affairs. It's like a dating site for people where you know someone's married and you have an affair with them and then the information got hacked (laughs) and Josh Duggar was in there. That sounds like just a database for blackmail. It sounds like a really yeah. That's really what it sounds like to me. You know, some people are paying out some dollars right now. No doubt. So, you know, this is Josh Duggar. He's a guy who molested his little sister. He was part of the Family Research Council. Went up and he's pushing family values. And listen, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing. People aren't perfect, but this is bad. And he's owned it. He's only said, "Listen, I was wrong." People are talking about him being addicted to pornography. That's one thing I don't really understand. I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I think they're labeling him with this. You know, if he said he was addicted to pornography, that's what led to his affair. Um, that means he has a problem with it. It's kind of tough for women to slap a guy with that label. Like, you've seen, you've seen a, you've seen a nudie site? You're addicted to pornography. 
I mean, all Christian men who've been raised, if they're, they were born past the age of 1985, have at some point seen copious amounts, even just through pop-ups. Um, this is sad. This is sad. The guy cheated on his wife. And the, the big issue here is, of course, leftists are going to use this to tar and feather all conservatives. Go, see, he's your representative. Look, he's your representative and he's a hip- hypocrite. Everyone's a hypocrite. Okay, you can find any individual and tell I'm a hypocrite, right? Listen, I don't go out and I don't hold myself out as a Christian example. I never have. But my faith defines me. My faith is a huge, probably the biggest determining factor in my worldview. I swear too much. I'm quick to anger. I'm not perfect. I know I'm a hypocrite, so I don't hold myself out as an example. Please don't look to me. I'm not a role model. Period. All right? I'm as clear as possible with that. I, I don't know how more clear I can be. The problem with, for example, there's hypocrisy with Josh Duggar, who's an individual, but that's different from the hypocrisy of the ideology of the left. It's an ideological hypocrisy, for example, for James Cameron to do Avatar and go out and talk about how we need to stop uh, emitting carbon, how we need to cut down on our carbon footprint, to try and enact policy to make sure that everyday Americans have to pay exorbitant energy costs and then have 19 estates and print Avatar on four different plastic limited edition DVDs with plastic casings. He could choose to not do that. You know, that's not an instinct. That's not a sexual urge. It's very easy to be a hypocrite when you set any kind of sexual standards. Uh, Leftists will never be hypocrites when it comes to affairs, when it comes to sexual deviancy, because they set no standards. But the ideology is hypocritical. The ideology of saying you're helping the little guy, you're helping the middle class and systematically screwing them through policy is hypocritical. So I want to make it clear. Whenever pe- You can always find one individual hypocrite. And Josh Duggar is. It seems like he's owning it. It seems like he's apologized. He hasn't done the dance and said, oh, it didn't happen. He just said, I'm really wrong. I'm a big hypocrite. Uh, so I hope, he, I hope he gets help. I hope he straightens up and flies right. But let's be honest here. The Duggars have like 19 kids. You know, they have 19 children. It's a lot of kids. And one of them's a screw-up. Those are still pretty good odds. Those are pretty good. Usually there's, most of them, as I've observed, at least one in four ends up being kind of the Kevin McAllister of the family. Yeah. And so, one in 19. Even if two more came out and, you know, they were like full Robert Byrd Klansmen or doing something really bad, I would go, well, okay, you you still got 17, 16 left. That's still, those are still pretty good odds. You know? They should write a book. Yeah. So now they've used it to not only tar and feather the whole Duggar gang, but of course any Christians. Oh, Christians because of Family Research Council. And I know some people at Family Research Council. I know Tony Perkins, and they're good people. You know, it's not the kind of tact I would take, a lot of the stuff that most Christians do, the complaining, the boycotting, the sort of victim status claiming that the left does. But um, they're good people. And I, I, I wouldn't doubt for a second that 99% of the people there are not like Josh Duggar, and they're probably really upset about this. So the left takes it, and they try to apply it to all Christians. That's what you're going to see happen, which, of course, would be inaccurate. Unlike Ann Coulter's characterization of Bill O'Reilly being dumb, which is entirely accurate. So anyway, you can tweet me, at S. Crowder. Let me know what you think. Is this really a big deal, the Duggar scandal? Are you disappointed? Did you put your faith in a man like Duggar? A lot of people put their faith in men. They claim they don't. A lot of Christians still do. They're putting their faith in Ted Cruz. Or they're putting their faith in Donald Trump. Or they're putting their faith in Rubio. I just don't believe in giving a man that much power over your life. And maybe that's why I'm not so affected by these things. 
you know, an individual just screws up by going, well, yeah, I mean, that's par for the course. We're human, you know, but I'm certainly not going to defend Josh Duggar. On the flip side, I never feel the need to defend somebody because they're conservative. I don't think conservatives or Christians should do that. You shouldn't rush to their defense just because they're conservative or just because they are Christians. And I've seen a lot of people do that. I've worked with people who do that. Uh, you just, just be consistent. Just try and be consistent. Be intellectually honest and be consistent. That's what's really important. I've always talked about that. The civility, the loyalty. You should be loyal to your friends, to your family, absolutely. But you don't need to be loyal to every single person who claims the moniker of your movement. Be that I'm a Christian, be that I'm a conservative, be that I'm a Republican, be that I'm a Tea Partier, or if you're a liberal, be that I'm a leftist. No. It's more important to be consistent. They may not necessarily be on your team. We'll be back with Lawrence Jones. This is Jesse Ventura, the bot. I have formally announced my endorsement for presidential candidate of the United States of America. That's why Jesse the bot is endorsing Donald Trump. Because he's going to take us down the trail to greatness and address the issues that really matter. The fact that 9-11 was an inside job. The guy who orchestrated that doesn't want to meet me in the back of a dark alley. Know the facts. I'm a We are back dancing to happy songs, having a good day, and a great guest, a uh, nice gentleman. I've worked with him quite a bit when I was out there with Dallas, and he's a contributor with in Dallas with The Blaze. He's a contributor to The Blaze. Lawrence Jones, thanks for coming on, brother. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, I no. I got to uh, talk to you guys, uh, owner Theron and his wife, good people. Good people. Yeah, they're very nice, uh, very nice folks. So, listen, have you been following the Sean King fiasco? Oh yeah, yeah, that idiot. <laughs> now, as as a white person, I just find this uproariously funny. Uh, give me your perspective as a black person. <laughs> Well, first of all, you know, as a white person, Steve, you have the sense enough not to tell a black person that they're not black enough. And so the irony here is Mr. Sean King told me that I wasn't black enough. One day on Twitter, you know, we're having this conversation about the whole Black Lives Matter. And basically I said something to the effect that they're all talking about solutions, you know, and they just want to string people up. And he tried to question my blackness. And so for me, when I saw that the guy was white, <laughs> I couldn't do anything but laugh. And I, I honestly had no sympathy the hate mail that he's received. Uh, I, I really don't. Here's I, my I don't question. To you. Heartless, I, yeah. Here's my question to you. Genuinely, I never bought. We talked about it on yeah. the show. I was saying, I don't. And the problem is, you know, you get in trouble. So no one wanted to call him on it. You were saying, there's no way this guy is black. Why is everyone else buying it? Did did you actually? Did you have your suspicions, or was it just me being out of touch? Oh as a white yeah. Guy? Oh no, 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 no. Me and my friend Sonny Johnson 
we were actually talking about this. It was like, this guy is not, he's just not black. But, okay, all right, he said he was a mix. Okay, it happens sometimes you're a Creole and all that. that so, you know, it can happen. You know, you don't want to just you by the race. But when it broke, I wasn't surprised. I really wasn't surprised. No, I, well, yeah, Jared. Did, did you suspect a touch of Asian by chance, though? Was that ever a <laughs> question? That's what no, I always no, thought. I no. thought you looked a touch more Asian than black. Well, you know what I find funny? With him and Rachel Dolezal, Lawrence, and you can tell, you know this is true. They didn't, they knew yeah, it was a tough yeah. sell. So he didn't go, like, the same thing Rachel Dolezal. She tried to look like a black woman trying to look white, you know, with kind of like the brown hair, right. with blonde highlights. And, and, right. and the same thing with this guy. He put in the stash, the little stash, to accentuate his lips. That's because he has really, really thin lips. So he tried to accentuate yeah. that. Yeah. He would flare his nostrils in all his pictures. And he did his hair really, really yeah. short so you couldn't tell it was straight. Yeah. And he added, like, you know, like the oh, oil yeah. to make it look like he was a yeah. black guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and Photoshop this picture, you know, lighten it, you know, the way they darken it up a little bit. I mean, it's just, it's just totally ridiculous. It's just totally. And he's still lying about it. He talked about how his mother, um, in this post um, yesterday, that his called her mother a had an affair. Yeah, yeah, that's what he, he said. I mean, what a risk to say your mom was a whore to cover your own. Well, you know, that just seems like I mean, a really not black thing to do. I mean, Tupac rapped yeah, about his mom. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of respect <laughs> for the mama in the black community, and he just threw her under the bus to prove he's black. It's unbelievable what these guys do for fame and fortune. I mean, this this guy, you know, is another white progressive, just like Sally Cohn, that uses power to try to control people of color. It's just, it's just true. I, I mean, I'm sorry to say this, but I'm not. A lot of <laughs> white progressives really want to control black people. That's why when somebody like me, who's a strong conservative, goes out there and talks about this, they want to issue and try to question your blackness. And the guy is white. I He's white. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, real quick, I want to ask you, do you believe the story that his mom had that his, his dad is actually black and it was an affair. Do you believe that? No. Okay. No, <laughs> okay. Neither, well, e either way, if she had an affair with a black man, she still had an affair with a black man that resulted in a white kid. Right. So it's like, it's just a lie. It's just a lie. I mean, I'm sorry. And there's all these people putting on there. Will you apologize? No, I'm still not going to apologize. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not apologizing for this kid. Right. Well, here's my biggest issue, because because Jerry was asking if he really genuinely thought he was black, does it change anything? Here's my contention. Yeah. I don't think, you know, I do know there are some racists out there. Of course, there are some racists, yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think that even those racists would look at Sean King, aside from, you know, listen, he went full, like, trying to dress hip-hop and, you know, the like, he, you know, if he's trying to do that, anyone's going to associate you with a yeah. specific culture. But if he just went out just, you know, just like a normal everyday black guy, white guy, just dressed normally, going to the mall. I don't think that even the most ardent racist would look at him as a black guy. I don't think that would be the perception. Yeah. That's the whole problem. You know, his whole story is jacked up. You know, he has a story about him being beat, you know, by multiple people because of the color of his skin. I mean, it's, it, he, he, fabricated by the way, he filed a police stuff. report. Which is also a very not right. black thing to and do. <laughs> right. 
Right. And my thing is, since it was only one person, it was only one person, you got your ass handed to you. And it wasn't because you were black. You know, I mean, it was just a whole fabricated So It was one person. Nobody jumped you. Nobody talked in a big, big alley and just, like, knocked you out. I mean, it's just one person. I mean, right. Well, it was yeah. one person. Off on and, that he black the, thing. and he checks the Caucasian box. Like, I just find it funny. He, you know, he talks about Black Lives Matter, vilifies the police, then falsely claims he was the victim of a hate crime and files a police report yeah. as a white guy. Yeah, <laughs> Which, by the way, in, a, in this thing you I mean, yesterday. total not blackness right there. Just total not blackness. <laughs> what? In, the, in the thing you wrote on Daily Cops, never identified as a white dude ever, like especially like on documentation or anything, which is funny because that would either mean, and, and everyone said, everyone in school knew he was black. Everyone everyone identified him as black. So somebody on the police report identified him as white. It had to either be him or I guess like the cop, I guess you if he, that's his only way out. I don't know. But, because the, the white box was checked on the on the, uh, the old police report. What do you, th- I mean, because Lawrence, what do you think? You, you've been actually talking out against the Black Lives Matter thing. And I, we've talked about this. We, I was even in the room when someone said something incredibly racist to you. <laughs> it was very funny. Like he's tried. It was sweet racism, but it was still racism. It was. It was actually, too, in his defense, he was really trying to give me a conversation. <laughs> yeah, J- Jared wasn't there. What I said was he said, uh, he walked up to me, he said, Lawrence, man. I love you, brother. I think you're great. It's great to hear a black man tell the truth for once. <laughs> hey, hey, and speaking of, you know he passed away, too. The, the guy who said that to you? Yeah, he passed away like a, two months ago. Yeah. Wait, way to put a damper on the show, Lawrence. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to, but yeah, he passed away. Oh, that's sad. Well, you know, that was an example yeah. of soft racism. Good guy. Good guy. But, but yeah. my point is, I never want to be the guy who says, well, there are. No, of course, there's some racists but the black lives matter thing has acted yeah. so all white people are racists all cops are looking to single out black people and it's it's yeah. really caused a lot of violence everywhere it's broken out so you as a black conservative um when you see this yeah. when you see people seeking victimhood status as a black american like sean king or rachel dolezal I, I mean what do you want to say to their black followers admittedly yeah I want to say stuff to them, too, but they won't debate me. And the problem is is that I've been telling people this for a while. You know, as a community, we have been giving white people too much power. Yeah, we we give them more power than they have. I mean, that they can control this. They can control that. I don't live my life in fear of what white people can do for me. I, I just don't. I just really don't. If I want to do something, I do it. They can't control anything. They're Americans just like I am. Now, I'm not suggesting that there is no racism, but I'm not going to give uh, ignorance the time of day. I'm just not. I'm just not. And so when you live your life um, like you would back in the olden days, that they can still control your every move, then you're mentally slaving yourselves. You're mentally slaving yourselves when you don't have it. Everybody has the opportunity to be whatever they want to be. And so I'm encouraging young people to really break that chain right. and understand that the sky even uh, the sky even isn't the limit, and just excel, man. It's it's, it's just ridiculous some of the lives that have been uh, put in these kids. Although heads. to be fair, to be fair, we're talking about sky. Those those clouds are white. So I I <laughs> the sky is discriminatory. Here's an honest thing. I was talking with Jared about this. 
you know, yeah. obviously, I judge everyone as individuals. So you, um, whether it's yeah. Jared, people, whoever it is, Sean King can't stand because I judged him as an individual. But I will say this. With the Black Lives Matter movement and with the way American culture is going right now, I think that, I, I hate to say this, and you tell me if you think I'm wrong, I think that the perception right now and if I'm being honest, probably my perception of black American culture right now as it relates to what you see on TV, Black Lives Matter, when Sean King, DeRaya representatives, I think for a lot of Americans, their perception over the last two years of black American culture because of leftism would be, if they're being honest, overwhelmingly negative. And I think that that could really potentially breed more racial division down the line. Do you see that? Well... I see, well, you see negative, I see hopelessness. Okay. And it's because of failed progressive policies, uh, you know, in these communities. Now, like I said, I've talked about this. Police brutality does exist. It does exist. Sure. It really does. And it exists amongst all people. Now, we can have this debate is, you know, whether black people are stopped for or whatever, but there is a reason why they police these communities the way they police. People, one, some people say race. And I say some some of us would say because of the criminal activity, you know, the way the law labels criminal activities that are in these communities. And so, like I said, it, it appears to be very negative. But I, I like I keep telling people, there is a reason why we have come to a head in, in, in the, 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 the way they're expressing. These people are hopeless. Jobs, unemployment, doubled the national average. Food stand doubled under this president. I mean, it doesn't get any worse than what it is today. Uh, That's a good point. Economically. So, um, you know, that is negative. That is negative. It's really, really, really bad in those communities. Uh, And and we need a president that can lead. And I want to see a Republican president. And I know people bash Donald Trump, but there's a lot of people, black people, something for Donald Trump because he's right. At the end of the day, these people want jobs. They want an economy that's excelling, and they want an opportunity to succeed. And, uh, you know, he's right about this. I will say this, though. With people like Sean King, you you see him tweeting out there when they say, you know, Republicans hate black people because they don't support welfare. They're starting from the platform, people like Sean King, people like Sharpton, people like Jackson. They're just, and then we have to let you go. They're assuming that most black people don't want jobs, that they'd rather get welfare. That's what the black leadership is. Yeah. Are they right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's how sensitive that is. Yes, they, they are exactly, you're exactly right. They're assuming that people don't want a job. And like I keep telling people all the time, this welfare system is a drug. Once you're in, the chances of you getting out of it is very slim to none. Right, and wow. so we got to cut that. I hear you. All right. Well, Lawrence Jones, they can find you on The Blaze. And, uh, of course, you can follow him on the Twitter. We'll get his handle up. Uh, follow me at S. Crowder. I, I can't remember his handle, so we'll get up. Lawrence, thanks so much. We'll have you back on as the Sean King debacle unfolds. <laughs> thanks, Larry. Y'all take care. Thank you very much. Louder with Crowder. Stay tuned for maybe we can scrape up another black guy.
Hey, this is Steven Crowder with Louder with Crowder to tell you about one of my favorite sites on the web, AR15.com. I know you hear AR15 say, isn't that the scary black rifle? It is, but AR15.com is actually the best website if you want a community from which to learn about how to care for your gun, gun safety, where to find concealed permits, courses, as well as the best online gun store in the business. I'm talking ammo, accessories, upgrades, all of it can be found at AR15.com. That's AR15.com. So glad to be back. I had to run back here because I had to take a tinkle. Steven Crowder, louder with Crowder, as always, back with you. We are talking now. We talked about Black Lives Matter with Lawrence Jones, a real life black person. Unfortunate for us. They're tough to find now. Well, they're not tough. They're easy to find, but they usually shoot at you. So There was a delayed reaction from Gay Jared there. This just happened, you know, in Ferguson. It blew up again. Kid aims a gun at a cop and gets shot. And if you read the tweets, everyone says, well, you know, it would never happen if it was a white guy. I don't know. What do black people think that us white folks do with the cops? I don't know. I, I mean, do they think we're just sitting around like, hey, cop, I slept with your wife. Bleh. I'm going to aim my revolver at you. You can't touch me. You can't touch me. Like, what do they think we're doing? I what, don't know. If oh. I aimed a gun at a cop, I would expect to get lit up like the 4th of July. <laughs> would you not? I would. That's exactly what I expect. And, and I think there's this perception that we drive around completely just carefree of cops. And, and I don't know about you, but when I, I pass a cop. I, I feel nervous. Yeah, I know. And I don't like that's not a good thing. We shouldn't feel nervous around cops. But I'm going like, oh, my gosh, is my registration up to date? You know, oh, I, do I have any beer bottles yeah. in the back that I plan on returning to the grocery store? Four and a half over. I'm screwed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you got the pain. Do you ever get that pain that sets in like it starts in your chest and then goes like down to your legs and your in your knees and that your legs like hurt for about yeah like 30 seconds? No, I it sounds like you time. have a circulatory problem. Probably. But it, the cops trigger it. So trigger that's, that's violent. Yeah, it's like if you, you ever get pulled over by a cop, I don't know about you, but for me right away, I'm going hands at 10 and two. Yes, officer. No, officer. If you've got your concealed carry permit, you hand it to him with your license and you just hope he doesn't open fire. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not a comfortable experience. So I don't I mean, I'm not saying I can know what it's like for a black person, but I do know what I would expect as a white person if I aimed a gun at a cop. If I aimed a water gun at a cop as a kid, I would just, you know, my dad would just have beaten the, the living daylights out of me. This is what happened. You know, of course, Ferguson has just destroyed itself. Businesses burnt down. Awful because of Black Lives Matter, because of people like Sean King. But if you read the tweet, fo- tweets, follow me at S. Crowder. You can go to louderwithcrowder.com. We'll write about it. It's, it's bizarre. I think, I, well, you know, I don't think they think that. I think they're lying about it. I think the people who say these things, the Sean Kings, who, by the way, refuses to take a DNA test to, to prove that he's black. He's offered a lot of money, too. He's been offered a lot of money. Like, like 25 grand. Well, you know, that's very similar to when um, uh, Congressman uh, Clyburn, uh, well, Clyburn and then someone else, I'm trying to remember, the name will come to me, black congressman, was walking up to the Capitol steps, and he claimed he was spat on and called the N-word. Now, what it did look like, and we had footage from many, 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 many different angles, was a guy was yelling at him, and spit came out of his mouth. 
But Andrew Breitbart offered $100,000 to the United Negro College Fund. It was founded before social justice warrior political correctness. Negro was the right thing to say back then. Andrew Breitbart offered $100,000 to the United Negro College Fund to anyone who could provide videographic evidence that someone yelled the N-word at this congressman. Now, we had tons of videographic evidence closer than I'm sitting to you, actually much closer, right up of the guy yelling at him, the spit coming out of his mouth, the congressman reacting. We had at least three, four, five different angles. Everyone submitted their footage and not a single one showed a guy saying the N-word. So there was plenty of footage. It's not that people didn't come forward with footage. It's that tons of people had footage and there was no evidence of it whatsoever. What's amazing about this is Sean King is that Sean King just turned down a donation, which is impressive. And considering he raised $500,000 for books that he never shipped. And this one, they expected him to pocket himself. So that's that's impressive. Yeah. This is what they're going to give to they, him. This one they intended for him to put in his own bank account, and he turned it down. So that's a first. The big thing with the – and now you have people tweeting on Twitter, look, it looks like Breitbart. They need to apologize because Sean King said that's not his dad, but he refuses to prove it. Leftists just need a claim. Conservatives need proof. I know I do. I don't want to make that generalization. Some conservatives don't. For example, some conservatives don't really want proof that Donald Trump is – actually conservative or Republican, I require proof for a claim that big. And uh, so the left should say, well, okay, take a DNA test. Okay, you look like this white dad, and you look like a white kid, and your family claimed you were white. You say you're not. How about just a DNA test? Let's go full Maury, do a paternity test, figure out if if he is the father. Instead, the left just says, silence everybody. See, now you, you can no longer attack him because he made the claim. Speaking of claims, okay, let's update you on the Hillary Clinton email scandal. The problem with this is it's been... Is that Tourette's guy? You you can't control the guy, says. That's Tourette's guy. He just just speaks up. So Hillary Clinton admits that there were classified emails in the server. Okay, we know that now. A federal judge said that the emails did, in fact, violate policy. Um apparently she maybe wiped, I don't know what this means really to wipe a server. Are they talking about more than just hitting delete? Because I feel like if all the spam that I delete, I feel like if the FBI got involved, they could retrieve that, right? Yeah, I'm I'm no web expert, but I think that means it's a pretty permanent deleting of, you know, there's no trace of nothing. It doesn't happen by accident. Yeah, no. It's not just like, oh, I archived that Bed Bath & Beyond coupon. Damn it, it's gone forever. Yeah. It's gone into the never-ending story, the nothing. It, you can retrieve that. It's it's the it's it's the the paper shredder and the incendiary version of internet data. I so think. it's like it's yeah. like putting the gremlin through the paper shredder in Gremlins too. Yeah. yeah, I didn't watch that. That's what people need to understand. I think a lot of leftists are like, well, Hillary just actually, you know, she deleted it along with her uh, along with her vitamin shop coupon that came in the mail. You know, she signed up for uh, for yoga classes. She got yoga mat discounts. Her, her mail Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's just those things that go away. No, there was a proactive approach toward wiping a server, and now people are saying it did violate policy, that they weren't just yoga emails. So this is developing. I don't know what it takes to make this broad a criminal. What is required to officially declare Hillary Clinton a criminal? Maybe you can tweet me at Crowder. let me know. I feel like we're there. I don't know. I guess that we're just sort of moving the goalposts when it comes to criminal for Hillary Clinton. Hillary, 
She's at least one of those, if not a criminal, the way she's acting right now. I'm not saying she is that, but this is an incredibly bitchy move to wipe your server and commit a felony. Louder with Crowder, we'll be back. And now it's time for your Dating Advice Minute with Bill Cosby. Now, now this letter comes to us from Russell in Schenectady, New York. I got a woman who isn't quite my woman, but I wanted to be my woman, and I don't want to lose the woman to another guy who happens to be married to the woman. But she doesn't want to get with me, and so I have a problem. Here's Russell. You're going to invite her out to Starbucks, maybe some local coffee shop with the hipsters and the glasses where they're going to so-called macchiato, soy, flava, mocha, you know what I'm talking about, and you're going to give yourself some drugs. Now, the very important part of this plan, Russell from Schenectady, is to get the drugs. And then you just go put it in, and then this ain't going to be a problem. This has been your Dating Advice Minute with Bill Cosby. You're a strange animal. That's what I know. You're getting louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. So glad to be back. Third hour. I am your host, Stephen Crowder, producing, of course, the digital version and the video version, as always, is uh, Gay Jared. You can follow him on Twitter at NotGayJared because he protests too much. So we are back. Did you know this? Gay Jared, Planned Parenthood? I know about Planned Parenthood. You know about Planned I've Parenthood? Heard, you, I've heard that. Don't. Here's the thing. You talk right. over Mark like this. Like you sound like Jodie Foster That's trying bad. to trying to peel a grapefruit with her teeth. That's Just probably the don't call her like this to the microphone. You've, you've ever dished me. You sound really stupid. You're, you're better than that. That's what I do. You're better than that. Learn how to use a mic. Learn how to use that proximity effect. Proximity. You're just such a... You're just such a... Just don't be so gay all the time, Jared. So Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood hosted awards, an awards ceremony for media, for those of you who don't know. So in case you didn't know this, uh, Planned Parenthood, not only do they, of course, perform millions of abortions uh, all the time, I guess over six million since 1970, but they host their very own awards ceremony for journalists who write and disseminate pro-abortion propaganda to the media. They call them... The Dundies? You know what? I can't even get through this. You're you're sitting there, you know, you come in, you're begging to get on the program. I'm, I say, you know what? You're kind of clever. You have some stuff to add. And then you're ratcheting around the desk and you're talking into the microphone and you bang like this when you talk. It's how, I'm Italian. So Stop I'm, being I'm, I'm, I'm an I'm idiot myself. if you want to remain employed. I don't want to be employed. Please. What, do you want the welfare check? Welfare. You want the Sean King treatment? Lawrence B. He said he said it's like a drug. He said I would the welfare is like yeah, a drug. You're like a drug, and I'm on a bad trip. Pick it up. <laughs> that's a terrible joke. So they call these the Maggie Awards. The Maggie. So they're not the Dundies. No, no. 
They call them the Maggies. Um, and of course, you know who their name after, Margaret Sanger, the one who created Planned Parenthood. And this is a woman, by the way, who was incredibly racist, wanted to exterminate black people, supported eugenics. People are like, why are you doing the Hitler comparison? Because she literally supported Hitler-style eugenics. Why do you always have to go to the Nazi? I don't always go to the Nazi comparison. I go to the Nazi comparison when it's a valid comparison because someone's like, hey, 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 that guy. That guy did it well. What's his name? Hitler? I'm on that guy's team. All right, we'll be team Hitler. You guys are skins. That's Margaret Sanger. She's the one who created Planned Parenthood. People get so offended when you bring it up. It was created to basically eradicate black Americans. If you read the quotes from Planned Parenthood, she, here you go. I've got one right here. Slavs, Latins, and Hebrew immigrants are human weeds, a dead weight of human waste. Blacks, soldiers, and Jews are a menace to the race. This is Margaret Sanger, founder of Planned Parenthood in 1922. So to be fair, she, she did it before Hitler. She's hipster Hitler. She was Hitler before Hitler was cool. Before hipster was cool. Before Hitler was cool. Oh, man. She looks like Sally Cohen in the face, too. I'm just saying. Could be a DNA test there to figure out that bloodline. So, from BuzzFeed to Yahoo to MSNBC, there was a long list of media attendees. Why would Planned Parenthood, an organization that provides... Let's, let's disregard the abortion thing, right? Because obviously that's wildly offensive and abortion is incredibly immoral, but let's just even disregard that. Why would a government-funded organization like Planned Parenthood, why do they have any business encouraging media to positively portray their branch of government. I mean, it's just let's remove Planned Parenthood. Let's say Barack Obama were providing awards to media for forwarding the White House cause and providing coverage. I'm trying to think. Something about freedom of the press and no abridgment thereof? Something about that. Something about that. I think, I think this happens a lot more than people like to admit, though. A lot yes. of people, I think it happens a lot. Yeah, well, Donald Trump buying media. Yeah, that's Donald Trump buying media. You know, some media that may or may not have been made it difficult for us to procure a guest today because they're in the pocket, maybe for Donald Trump. Who knows? We've had to deal with this stuff. Who knows behind the scenes? I don't want to tell you who's doing it, but maybe some big conservative sites up there are mad because I don't support Trump and Trump's buying them off. And you guys are drinking the Kool Aid. Some of these people. Busy, busy, busy. They have things to do. They have things to do, like take money from Trump and claim the mantle of top conservative website. So it happens a lot, but that's not as bad as coming directly from the government. I mean, you talk about John Stewart was having, you know, cocktail parties with Barack Obama. But let's just remove the abortion thing. Shouldn't liberals just be mad? Shouldn't everyone just be mad that an organization, Planned Parenthood, that receives federal funding is giving awards for covering us? Positively. So let me give you an example. Cosmopolitan.com's Jill Flipovich. This comes to us from MRC, by the way. For TV and online reporting, uh, The Nation. She won an award for excellence in media. Um, Salon's Valerie Tarico won an outstanding individual commentary for a piece undercutting liberal claims that no one is pro-abortion. Her story was titled, I am pro-abortion, not just pro-choice. Ten reasons why we must support the procedure and the choice. And... Federal dollars that go to Planned Parenthood are then going for a lavish praise award ceremony for this. That's propaganda. And I don't mean it like some burnt out surfer 
You know, Bilderberg, propaganda, brah. It's an inside job, brah. Propaganda, brah. I'm not talking. This is literal propaganda. This is literal excrement. Well, okay, that's not literal, figurative. But it is figurative excrement from a bull's rear. They are pay. You should full shot handed there get, with a literal. literal yeah, yeah. <laughs> people, people here, they, they want it. Well, it's just I don't think abortion is morally wrong. You don't have to think abortion is morally wrong to see a serious problem with an organization that cozy with the government trying to manipulate media. The fact that they're harvesting baby parts, they use the word baby parts, by the way. It's not conservatives using explosive language. It's the language they use. You can see it on the video. That's irrelevant. It's horrible. That's an entirely different issue that is horrifying and needs to be dealt with. But this is a separate issue. And it's a violation of the First Amendment. And by the way, people want to take away tax-exempt status from the church because they don't want to hitch up a couple of rump rangers? But you think that that places like Planned Parenthood or Soros-funded groups that go to plan, you think they deserve their tax-exempt status? That church refu- re- that church refused to let uh, to let two blatant homosexuals come in and get married uh, right there on to- they were the church actually refused that, to let them get busy on the pews. We're going to remove their tax-exempt status, but we want to make sure that no one infringes on the rights of the place that sells baby livers. This is where we are. And what's crazy is you just need to have a worldview. You need to have a moral filter through which to run these stories. And it should be crystal clear. But we were talking about this earlier. We have an entire generation. It's very, very concerning. Not for right now, but for 10 years from now. For 15 years from now. We were talking about, we were just listening to a commercial here, uh, you know, on our home station at Wham, and it was a patriotic commercial. We thought, wow, that sounds really nice. And we realized, you know what? That doesn't sell to young Americans anymore. Fourth of July fireworks, America's great. They don't believe it. Matter of fact, while Fourth of July fireworks are going on, they're probably paying, uh, playing Angry Birds. It's not stimulating enough to them. So, so all of these things, you know, hey, America is great, needs to be the jumping off point. And then why is it great? Freedom of the press freedom of religion, freedom of speech, the right to bear arms. You go down the list. But if you don't start off with America is great, the ideal of America is great, none of those things register. And it's why you can sell to every single conservative who's 70-something years old or in that conservative demographic right now that's over 65, actually about 71 years old, we appreciate you listening. It's an easy sell to them to just, you know, take some kind of commentary and put it to the backdrop of, I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. And everyone's going, yeah, and they put their hand over their heart. Meanwhile, your grandson has gone, ugh, and rolling their eyes because they don't think America is great. And if they don't think America is great, they don't understand that freedom of the press is great. And if they don't understand that freedom of the press is great, that it's not government-run media, they don't understand why it's a big deal when an organization like Planned Parenthood is manipulating the press. Why it's a big deal when someone like Barack Obama is having members of the press over to his house, when they're blacklisting members of the press, when they're auditing people for being more conservative or conservative organizations. If you don't start off from, hey, America is great and this is what makes it great, then nothing else matters. 
And that's what's so disconcerting. And even more disconcerting is the divide between the right and mainstream America is getting wider and wider and wider because they are just trying to sell the patriotic slop to the people who will keep the lights on. There, there, there needs to be an active reach out to these kids. And the fact is, it starts with them even understanding what the United States is about. Because they'll just see this Planned Parenthood story and go, oh, yeah, okay, so Planned Parenthood gave them a, gave them a word to the media. Yeah, okay. I'm going to go take a picture of my Schwanton on Snapchat. Hey, Andrea, I like this picture. I was inspired by Anthony Weiner. That's their priority. Going from Angry Birds. Straight into pictures of the wiener on Snapchat. That is what's wrong with our generation. They don't understand why America is great. And they're putting all the wieners on Snapchat. It can be encapsulated into those two main issues. For women, I don't know what you're putting on Snapchat. Just stop it. We'll be back. Paul Joseph Watson after the break. Hey, listener, what are you doing? You're listening to the show, but you're missing so much content at louderwithcrowder.com. Don't worry. I'm not trying to sell you anything, not any gold or self-lubricating pocket catheters, just news, videos, and exclusive stuff that you don't hear on terrestrial radio. Again, it's, it's all free. We're not asking you to spend any money. Just visit there, get your news, and get a couple of laughs. If you want to send me money, that's fine. What? I don't even know. How did you get in this room? Cold hard in? cash. This ad took a bad turn. Hey! Louderwithcrowder.com. Don't listen to Fun Dip. It doesn't cost a thing. Louderwithcrowder.com. to be back with you going into the final stretch here. We have a wonderful guest, a lovely guest with us today. Uh, you know him from editing Infowars.com. Uh, of course, you see him all over YouTube, all over the Twitter, and he comes to us from across the pond via the interwebs. Paul Joseph Watson, thanks for being on, brother. Hey, Stephen. Good to be back. I'm glad to have you back. Okay, so we wanted to have you on uh, because you were born a poor black child. <laughs> because you've been following the Black Lives Matter. And I think it's important to note for people, you can follow me on Twitter or go to the website. Paul Joseph Watson has done a lot of work for a long time. He's very much at the cusp of police brutality, the militarization of police, very much against it, but also sees the hypocrisy in Black Lives Matter, founded by none other than Sean King. So, Paul, um, what was your reaction when you heard that, uh, well, let's not sugarcoat it. Let's not whitewash it. He's white. <laughs> Well, my reaction was much like yours. I think you put out a tweet saying, you know, we've basically known this for a while, that this was a big scandal brewing under the surface, but no one's been politically incorrect enough to directly put the pieces together and point it out. Of course, the, the first I heard about Sean King was probably about two, uh, six weeks, two months ago, when he had actually blocked me before I even knew who he was. <laughs> so I was reading the initial blog reports from this um Vicky Pate, is that her name? So, you know, I went to check him out and it's, oh, oh, he's blocked me. I don't even know who he is. Too late. So at that point, it was, do I cover this story? Do I put these pieces together, which she had already done to a certain extent? Or is this going to lead to a massive lawsuit? <laughs> it was, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you made the same point. And then, of course, Milo puts it all together. 
But the interesting thing about it is in this thing you wrote on the Daily Coast, he says that, you know, he only heard questions about who his father was over the past week. That's impossible because he was blocking people on Twitter two months ago who asked about this. So how is that even possible? He just blocks for I mean, he blocked me for asking him to come on the show to defend his position. <laughs> I, I So he just seems to be really a while ago. Oh. This was a while ago. Yeah. This was months ago. This will be a first started question. That's just what he does. He just blocks everybody. I mean, I block someone if they're spamming me, and you get a lot of that, Paul. You know, if someone's yeah. just nonstop, you're like, okay, and then they scream censorship. It's, you go, no, it's because you left 19 comments repeating yourself that Allah is great and then I'll be thrown into the lake of fire, so I, I blocked you. This guy just blocks anyone who disagrees with him. Yeah, th- there have been questions for a long time, and it seems now just unfolding as we're, he's refused a DNA test, right, to prove that yeah. his father was black. No, I mean, the thing about it is we knew that these questions were swirling two months ago, and he, he, he went away on holiday, didn't he, for a while. He disappeared for a week. And then it all comes up over the past week. But the good news is I think this is a sign that Black Lives Matter is on the decline. You know, there's a poll out today from Rasmussen which says that 64% of black people, black Americans, see, quote, all lives matter as closest to their views, and only 31% see Black Lives Matter as closest to their views. So we've had this rhetoric over the past, what, two, three weeks, saying that anyone who says all lives matter is racist. So I guess that means that 64% of African Americans are now racist. I didn't even run those numbers, and I'm still processing them because I'm not as intelligent (laughs) as you, but they seem to check out. I don't, I don't have confirmation, but I'll take you at your no, word. No, it was Rasmussen Poll that just came out that found that. Well, I, I would sooner believe Sean King when he says, here's what I find so funny about this. He's saying that his father was black, that his mom, basically calling his mom a whore. Um, but even then, she would have had to have slept with the whitest black man that produced an entirely white-looking child. So <laughs> it's just, here's, here's my, I mean, this guy was a founder, right? Spearhead of the Black Lives Matter movement. Now, we're both against police militarization, police brutality. Yeah. But when you hear a story like yesterday, again, coming out of Ferguson, kid aims a gun at a cop, cop shoots. As someone like you who's been at the forefront of police brutality, do you consider that police brutality? Well, again, it's this is what Black Lives Matter does. They make icons out of violent criminals and they ignore the main problem, which is black on black violence. In fact, there's a great rant by somebody called Peggy Hubbard, who is an African-American woman on my Twitter right now. And she basically makes the same point, you know. Uh, exactly the same time as this protest was happening in St. Louis, these riots, they were torching vehicles and buildings. A nine-year-old girl was shot in a drive-by shooting while doing her homework. And again, there was a vigil that they they did last night, which ended at the place where Michael Brown was shot. But for about 48 hours afterwards, absolutely nothing on this tragic shooting of this nine-year-old girl. Right. While they're out basically, basically, you know, rioting, setting cars and vehicles and buildings ablaze over a, a criminal who was fleeing from a crack house who pointed a gun at cops again right. completely ridiculous and this is why people are abandoning black lives matter in droves i think yeah i think you're right i think it does a really huge disservice to the to black lives mattering you know i think it gets to the point where people almost listen i'll be honest um, all life is valuable, right? But I think you forfeit your right to life the second you aim a gun at somebody else, be it a cop or someone else, because that person can't know if you plan on pulling the trigger or not. And you've put that person, you've forced them into, into the situation of me or you. 
And that's a tough situation for cops. I think you get a lot of jerk cops. But if I'm a cop and someone points a gun at me, okay, now I go, it's me or them, them. And I think that happens so much. We've seen it in Ferguson several times now, and the media has been quick to jump the gun, that I think people who might have once been sympathetic now will paint everyone with that broad brush and go, oh, they're, they're all just behaving like animals, uh, even though there are some good people out there doing some good work. It really seems to have set the black movement in the United States, I don't know what it's like over there in the UK, back a couple of decades. Well, no, it's... You said at the start of the show, you know, I spent 10 years writing articles and trying to expose police brutality against black people and white people. And this puts me off from doing that in the future because they've associated it with all these um, criminals, Michael Brown being the foundation of that. But if you actually look at the ideological roots, we talk about Sean King being one of the founders, and he was, but if you actually look at the, the uh, foundation of Black Lives Matter back in 2012, after the whole Zimmerman thing, it was founded by three militant feminists, one of whom is called Alicia Garza. And she writes articles, she gives speeches, and they're repeated at all these Black Lives Matter protests, venerating and basically worshipping the inspiration behind Black Lives Matter, who is a convicted cop killer who is on the FBI's most wanted terrorist list. Good Lord. <laughs> well, hold on. We have been... to go to a break because I, I know that you got you mentioned three founders. So we want to cycle on down through them, and then of course ultimately figure out with a DNA test if they actually had black fathers. Paul Joseph Watson, louder with Crowder, will come back and bask in his brilliance. Stay tuned. Welcome to Cool News, news with a super cool approach. I am your host, Phil Cool. This week in Ferguson, Wisconsin, we saw. Hey man, P Ray, that, that ain't right. Ferguson is in Missouri. That ain't that ain't Wisconsin, man. Hold on. Why is she gonna give me a real copy? I can't be saying this. This is a serious thing going on. I can't say Wisconsin when it's Missouri. You do that on purpose, P-Ray? Yeah. P-Ray, I've been trying to get you a job. Your mama said I won't keep my boy out of the out of the problems. I give you a job. You got to do your job. Get P-Ray, come on, man. I, Ferguson ain't no Wisconsin. They ain't got nothing but cheese up, up in there. G give me a real copy. No. Hey, P-Ray! Glad to be back. We have our wonderful guest, kind gentleman. He's a refined gentleman. We just say that because he's English, so he automatically sounds smarter than me. Paul Joseph Watson, thanks for staying with us. Now, before we went, you were going to educate the general public on Black Lives Matter. Three founders who were feminists. You mentioned the one. I'll let you rattle on down the list before we get to the jokes about Sean King's whiteness. <laughs> well, yeah, three major founders, all women, all militant feminists. Um, the primary one, I think, is Alicia Garza. 
And of course, this all happened right after the Trayvon Martin shooting in 2012. But her icon, and she cites her in the foundational text of why she created Black Lives Matter, is this individual, this militant feminist again, called Asata Shakur. And she is a convicted cop killer who is on the FBI's most wanted terrorist list. Basically, she was a radical affiliated with the Black Panthers, with the Weather Underground back in the 60s and 70s. She left the Black Panthers because it wasn't violent enough, and she joined the Black Liberation Army. Mm. Now, this was a group which, throughout the 70s, carried out numerous terrorist bombings and assassinations targeting police officers. They killed 13 cops in total. She later escaped to Cuba after she was convicted with the the help of the Weather Underground. She was given political asylum. And there's still a $2 million bounty out for her. She's on the FBI's most wanted terrorist list. So her whole shtick was about building a, a black liberation theology movement that would have a race war, a violent shooting war with the cops. And again, this this is the, the ideological roots of Black Lives Matter. This is what the primary founder cites as her icon. And in fact, I saw a video just last night in St. Louis. Um, there were a number of Black Lives Matter protesters, again, quoting her and basically, you know, venerating her as an icon. She's, if you, I mean, just go and read about her, Asata Shakur. She's one of the most violent weather underground type radicals who came out of the 60s, was convicted, murdered a cop, escaped to Cuba, was given political asylum. And the FBI is still trying to extradite her because she's on the most wanted terrorist list. Okay. That's been hidden in plain sight Hold ever since this movement started. I understand where you're coming from, but a couple of really important questions before we move on. One, and I just need these are you're in a court of law. Yes or no answers. Are you white? <laughs> yes. Do you have a I'm penis? actually identifying as African-American. That's now. a yes or no question. Do you have a penis? <laughs> yes, I'm white. Uh, for my sins. Your Honor, we'd like to disavow of all previous evidence. That's it. Case closed. Having been brought to the, <laughs> having been brought to the courts, it's not admissible. You didn't have a search warrant because of your white penis. It, it really is. It's one of those things where it, it, we've hit a point. And I was talking with. We just had Lawrence on earlier. Which actually, thank you. You were listening to the program. We had Lawrence on earlier. Uh, and I hate to say this, and this is going to sound awful. I, you know, I judge people as individuals, obviously. You come on, you know, we have Gay Jared, who I can't stand. I judge him as an individual. They're, I don't like him for reasons that are, you know, not because he's gay, but because he's Jared and he angers me. Um, I, I, you know, but if you're going to look at the United States right now and they're going to make a generalization, as people do when they're looking at statistical data, I think that the perception right now in the United States of all Americans particularly white Americans, toward black culture is becoming increasingly negative. I'm not talking about black culture being negative. I'm talking about perception of all non-blacks in the United States with Black Lives Matter. They're looking at Ferguson. They're looking at Baltimore. And I think worse than ever in my lifetime, you're going to have more Americans making the generalization that, okay, this, is, this has gotten bad. This is a really bad thing. And that's an entire generation of kids. Like I said, 10 years from now, when you have kids growing up with this, 
they're going to have these generalizations built into their brains because they grew up with it. Kind of like a lot of people who grew up with the Detroit riots. My concern is that this will breed people to be more prejudiced with future American general, uh, generations. Am I completely off base? Is that just my ignorant white opinion? No, I, I think a lot of black, prominent black voices have pointed that out. I mean, the former mayor of Atlanta, Andrew Young, pointed that out. He marched with Martin Luther King. He was the the architect of some of the civil rights laws in the 60s, and he's basically saying the same thing as you. So when you've got Black Lives Matter protesters interrupting Bernie Sanders, and it's the liberal that was socialist funny, <laughs> Bernie Sanders supporters that are heckling them, right. then that tells you everything you need to know. And in fact, this poll out today, only 11% of Americans identify with Black Lives Matter. So I infer from that they've got 11% support in America. Um, according to what you read in the media, it would be a majority, and anyone who doesn't support them is a racist. But according to the poll, 11% of Americans and a minority of African Americans, 31%, support Black Lives Matter. That's pretty, that is something that definitely you would think that sort of all black Americans would think, okay, Black Lives Matter. I mean, it's a title. Of course, by the way, no one's denying that black lives do matter. That's the problem with language. Well, you don't support it, so you don't think black. Of course, I think. Black lives matter. I think any lives matter. It's the hashtag that I'm against. Yeah. And we've reached a point where we're talking about this earlier where the quickest route to success in the United States is victimhood, whether it's transgender victimhood, whether it's, you know, uh, gay people and a Christian bed and breakfast said you can't do your honeymoon here victimhood, uh, whether it's I'm a woman and I feel like I'm not making enough money victimhood or Sean King trying to be black or Rachel Dolezal trying to be black to get scholarships victimhood. Um, we, we played this clip earlier from Chris Rock saying, you know, you want to know how bad it is to be a black person in America? No one would trade spaces with me, none of you white people, and I'm rich. You're seeing a lot of this now. Um, do you think it's going to get worse or do you think these are just two sort of anomalies like Rachel Dolezal and Sean King and, and that's it? They're just these freak shows and it doesn't really happen a whole lot. I think it's going to get worse, especially with Twitter. I mean, there's a statistic like 25 percent of black people on the Internet are on Twitter. So they've created such a powerful echo chamber, which again influences white liberals, you know, right. taking a selfie with a black person and posting the hashtag Black Lives Matter. That's trendy. That will get you complete social acceptance. But drawing attention to the fact that, you know, 93% of blacks are killed by other blacks, drawing attention to millions of aborted black babies, that will make you a racist and an extremist. That's not trendy. It's not socially acceptable to even raise those points. So actually caring about black lives is not cool. Pretending to care while in fact not really giving a damn, that's cool and trendy. And it's, it's, you know, it gives you social brownie points. So as long as that perception continues, it's going to get worse, in my view. You're going to get letters for saying brownie points. You know that. <laughs> well, didn't they ban brown paper bags in Seattle because they were racist? Or well, they, I would have thought they banned it because they want you to carry your own bags, like for eco reasons. But that would be hilarious. I think there was some. There was another reason that it was perhaps offensive. <laughs> well, I think there's a term, the brown paper bag test from David Allen Greer, and that he said, like, Barack Obama's not black. He doesn't even pass the brown paper bag test. And he literally put him up right next to a brown paper bag for skin pigment. And I wonder if that's maybe what it is. It sort of became a cultural meme. Um, it, it, it is a weird time where we're in. Let me ask you this point blank. 
Do you believe Sean King's story now that his mom was a floozy and that uh, she had an affair with a black man? Do you believe that? I don't believe it on the basis of that comparison picture between him and his, quote, white father, because they look almost identical. <laughs> I think it's more likely it's true. I think he, I think it's more likely he's invented that because he immediately responded to the initial claims by leaping into victimhood, talking about this car crash and this, you know, hate crime assault, which didn't really happen the way he said it did. So then he went a step further and again, leapt into this whole, you know, family trauma tragedy. I don't know. I, I mean, in a sense, I hope it, I hope it is true and that this whole matter's put to bed because I think it's kind of run its course now. But just those little deceptions, the fact that he claims, oh, I only heard about this a week ago when it's been going on for two months, um, kind of kind of raises suspicions. Oh, I don't want this thing. To, this is just too funny as a comedian. I want this gravy train to keep on going. I mean, Rachel Dolezal, we dined out on that for weeks. The sideshow Bob hairdo in a spray tan, and it fooled the NAACP. This guy put on a Clark Gable stash and got a buzz cut. <laughs> well, I mean, what's funny about it is, you know, we were all doing this, trying to expose a, a suspected white man for stealing money and scholarships from black people, allegedly. Right. And yet we were the racists for trying to expose what we thought might be a white person actually harming black people. That's what's funny about it. And then they, they doubled down, even like Vox put out an article saying, well, you know, Rachel Dolezal, that, that, that was acceptable. I think it is acceptable to identify as transracial. So they even went back to that debunked thing, which we laughed about for weeks to try and justify this. So where it goes from here, I don't know, but obviously it's going to provide a lot more material for you. So you're <laughs> going to hope it continues. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is like with the transracial thing, when Vox did that, I was going, okay, if Rachel Dolezal were a conservative, they wouldn't be saying this. The transracial thing is only allowable if you're a liberal because they will claim she's more black than Larry Elder, than Alfonso Rachel, than Lawrence uh, Jones we just had on. They will claim that she's more black because she identifies as black and then they'll say that these conservative black people aren't black. That's the thing. It's, it's like you said, it's rich white liberals telling black people what they should be. And black leadership, like Lawrence was saying, I think a lot of black people want jobs. Of course, but they've been told Republicans don't support you because they don't support welfare. That's what that's what the Democrat talking point is. When they're talking about helping black people, they're talking about welfare. And I hear this and I go, my God, this is incredibly racist. And I think it's just sort of been accepted because it's been repeated so long. And I'm going, nobody should should think that they need welfare. That shouldn't be a talking point for them. It should be how to create jobs for everyone. That should be across the board a, a, a good sell. You think it's just like the feminists, do you think it's rich white liberals uh, who are who are sort of directing the Black Lives Matter movement and people like Sean King, well, who is a rich white liberal, you think they just fall in line? Well, it's it's definitely rich white liberals now. I mean, there's a, there's something out amongst the leftist media now saying that oh, the whole thing about George Soros being behind the movement has been debunked. That's fake. Well, no, it's not. If you actually look at the um, Ella Baker group, the foundation where you know Van Jones came out of, which basically coddled those three militant feminist Black Lives Matter founders. That's openly you know, funded and supported by George Soros. These other groups are. So it is being directed by those kind of people. We've, we've proven that. Going back to the transracial thing, there was a leftist uh, journalist who put a tweet out that said, 
Part of white supremacy is the idea that white people get to define who is black. It's a form of power. But that's what Sean King was doing. So <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense. So, Well, here's the thing I think, the ultimate, because Jared was asking, you know, do you think it changes the story if he genuinely thought he was black? Um, and I talked about this with Lawrence, and, you, and then we'll have to go so you can get, have the final word. I, I, I really don't, because I don't think anyone looked at Sean King, <laughs> the most racist person on earth. I don't think they look at him and go, there's a black guy. I don't like him. I think they saw him as a white guy. No, that's, I mean, look at his childhood pictures. He's got, you know, curly red hair. It's like Opie. And freckles. And all the pictures he takes of himself and puts on the internet are black and white. <laughs> and the one he puts in his Daily Cost response article is the most black he's ever looked. It's it's still really suspicious to me. I think it, it's going to unravel a bit more. It's black and white because he's symbolically bridging the racial divide. How dare you, Paul Joseph Watson? Well, we brought Paul Joseph Watson on. He came, he saw, he conquered. And he showed that he is a white supremacist with his white penis. He's at Infowars.com. Thanks so much, Paul, for coming on. Thanks, Stephen. All right, we'll have you back soon. Lighter with Crowder. Stay tuned. Hey, Fundip, what's wrong? I'm trying to figure out what kind of gift to send to my friend's hot niece. Well, firstly, that's creepy. Does she like wine? Well, yeah, everybody likes wine. Oh, so what's the problem? I just don't know what kind of wine she likes. Oh, well, the good thing is you're in luck, because you can go to SimplifiedWine.com or call 844-297-WINE. You just place a call or you send an email and a qualified sommelier will find out what you like, your price range, and curate a perfect wine list for you or your friend's hot niece. SimplifiedWine.com or 844-297-WINE. We're going all the way this time We're going all the way this time So glad to be back. We got some nice uh, Kanye, even though he's awful. He's terrible at everything that he does. Uh, that song is actually it's more so Rihanna, who, by the way, is a member of the uh, Satanic Illuminati and has conquered the American government, stretching over this last point of the half hour. Uh, if you're listening, louderwithcrowder.com, we have podcasts and exclusive stuff on there that you can't get on terrestrial radio. This week, the truth is that there are only a few stories a week that everybody needs to know. And this week has been Sean King and it's been the Hillary Clinton servers in Planned Parenthood. That's really what matters. The Sean King thing is so important because it's so em emblematic. Although we have breaking news right now. It looks like Ronda Rousey is going to be fighting Holly Holm next. Oh, my God. I'm going to need to put her away from murder. Won't even be close. And the, the, the tampon girl marathon we were talking about, that happened a little earlier in the week. That's how quick the news cycle is. It happens on a Monday or Tuesday. By the time we roll around to the end of the week, people forget about it. We're at a point in this country where success is vilified, where working hard is not met with reward, or at least we're told it shouldn't be met with reward. We're told that we need to give a leg up to those who are victims. And so when we decide to vilify the successful and we turn the victims into martyrs, people want to be victims. People now want to be victims. People now want to try and find some kind of an underclass status. It's an advantage. And, and it's, a scary, it's a scary place to be. Now, you don't want to be colorblind. You don't want to be an idiot. 
But you also need to, at some points, start saying, okay, let's go back to being merit-based. Merit-based pay, merit-based treatment of people. The way you act is how you're treated. You look right now at Ferguson, it's blown up again. When someone aims a gun at a cop and they're shot, and that's a national outcry. And then you look at the statistical data of, of women who are raped across this country on a regular basis when we don't nearly cause. You know, Lena Dunham for being fake raped creates more outrage than a, an actual conservative woman being raped. When you see someone like a Sean King is, is made to be a martyr for being fake black and the victim of a fake hate crime gets more coverage than someone at a, you know, for example, at the, the, uh, the black, tea, uh, black guy at a Tea Party rally when he got beaten up by SEIU for being black. It, it, are you seeing a trend? Are you understanding where I'm coming from? We post all the data. We post all the numbers. And, and, and of course, I can hit you with facts like we did. And we have it on the website. But the macro issue is really, really important here. You, you need to look at the scope and go, okay, we're offing black babies in record numbers. All right, we're, uh, we have more black people on food stamps than ever under Barack Obama. We've had more riots than ever in post-racial American history with Barack Obama. We have black, we have white people faking to be black people to steal money from black people. And it's worked under Barack Obama. None of this stuff would have happened eight, nine, ten years ago. When I grew up, that wasn't the case. You want to know what happened when I grew up? This is my stupid white guy talking. Um, We watched Family Matters. We didn't even think twice of it. There were the Cosbys and Americans. These were the most successful shows on television. And they watched it and they saw black people as neighbors. And that's that's what they consumed as culture. And nowadays there's such a divide where it's, okay, black people watch the Tyler Perry shows and BET and then white people watch, I don't know, I don't even know what white people watch now. I don't know what this is. Oh, Big Bang Theory, which is offensive. I am well. Kate, because that has, that's a great show. Yeah, I am Kate. <laughs> so now you have that divide, right? I, I, it has created more of a divide. Think of it. There was no show bigger than the Cosby show. Urkel. That was the part, everything else on TGIF was really just a vehicle for Urkel. I don't know if you have that with this generation. Seems the only perception that people have are the Sean Kings of the world, the Drakes of the world, the Kanye West of the world. You know, black American culture, and I know you're going to get people, why are you talking about black America? You're a white guy, bro, it's racist. You know, black American culture has, has really stopped evolving in the, since, I don't know, 1990s. Before that, think about it. Blues, uh, bluegrass, country, rock and roll. If you hear the country lyrics from today, they're very similar to the lyrics from blues from black people, black down south blues, uh, when that was getting started. Drinking a beer on my porch. Where are the black top bands playing my guitar? That's country lyrics. It's almost identical to what you would hear in blues. Uh, then you have, uh, you have bluegrass. Rock and roll was, was a black development. So many amazing contributions to American culture. And then you move on. Then you had Motown and Soul. So you get all of those things, the biggest names in rock and roll and in Motown and in soul and in bluegrass, they were black people. After the 90s, it's pretty much just hip hop. 
hasn't really evolved past that now. And that's a pretty negative culture. In order to make money in hip-hop, kind of like in order to make money in conservatism, a lot of people have to be this sort of, they have to sell this patriotism. Nothing wrong with being patriotic, but that's sort of what's necessary to sell it. Well, to sell hip-hop, you have to sell violence. You have to sell sex. You have to sell drugs. That has become black culture. That's the black culture with which Sean King identified. Leader of the movement. It stopped evolving. And, and the worst part is that it stopped evolving at a really negative point for a lot of people. Black Lives Matter is a really dark point in black American history. And it's become a sticking point. And it's become a sticking point because people are so eager now. They see the praise and they see the benefits to becoming a victim. And they want to claim that, whether it's honest or not. And that's why the Sean King story is so important. That's why Ferguson and Baltimore are so important. Email servers with Hillary Clinton are important, yes. But when you look back in the year 2015, you're talking to your grandkids in your lap. You are going to be talking about the riots in Baltimore, in Ferguson, and the Black Lives Matter movement that led to the death and the violence of countless young black Americans and that created a racial divide in this country that hadn't been seen post-civil rights era. That's what you're going to be talking about with your kids and their kids. And they're going to go, how did you get it so wrong? And when it's being painted with the brush of time, you're going to say, you know what? I don't know. See you next week.